We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome on in Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giulio, Kyle Quinn behind the glass and a special fourth member of the crew today on NBA Trade Deadline Day. We have Elliot Shore Parks in studio. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Joe Giulio. Good morning, Philadelphia. Hey, listen, y'all need to pay more respect to the construction workers out here in the city, man. That, that's the, that's the day, Daily Douglas. Just give the re- construction workers more props, man. I think they'll appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I mean, because I saw something this morning. Those cats were out there working at high steel, and dude just sitting on a steel beam just chilling by him damn self. I saw the video you posted. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty impressive. Mm. And he's just sitting there all nonchalant, like, you know, I guess it's, that's his daily day. I'm afraid of heights. And to see him up there just chilling all nonchalant, that just blew my mind. It, it was, I mean, I saw the video. It was pretty wild. Yes, they they do amazing things. I like that. A little respect for them. All right, a lot to get into today on the show. And uh, we do have a special part of our show today. Actually, a couple of special parts. Number one, Angelo Cataldi is going to join us at 1130. Lot, got tired of sitting at home. I huh? guess so. We're, we're excited to talk to Angelo. All things Eagles, NBA trade deadline today, maybe even the Phillies as well. So a lot with Angelo as Andy Reid gets set for a Super Bowl. I'm sure he's going to comment on that. We also have in studio with us today, I guess adjacent in the uh, the studio next to us, but we could see him is Elliot Shore Parks on deadline. It feels like Bird's Town Hall or one of those kind of days. And NFL free agency. How you doing, Elliot? Man, hearing Hugh say he saw a construction worker just chilling up in the sky puts into perspective my job today of uh, updating you guys on Sixers news. But Be careful in there. Yeah, exactly. Excited to be here, though. Big day for the Sixers. Obviously, they have a ton of assets to trade. Five first-round picks, $100 million in expiring contracts mm. they can move today. So hopefully a lot of news between now and uh, the deadline because they need to make a move. Well, they do need to do something to stay afloat here. It's a matter of if this is worth it or not. And look, if anything happens, Elliot's going to be part of the show today, but if anything happens, Kyle, what's the sound people are going to hear if something big goes down and Elliot's about to pop up? Hey, That's the news like sounder. A, a turd? A like nude. A deuce? Well, the news. The news. Oh, I here. thought it said deuce. Deuce, news. I thought it said deuce, 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 well, like maybe somebody if was dropping a deuce. Maybe if there are Depends t- on what kind of trade it is, I guess. <laughs> yes, you know what? Yeah. That's a good point. Depending on what it is, we can uh, reassociate the word there. News, deuce, whatever. Deuce, deuce, deuce. All right, he, here's, deuce. here's really what's it about until this afternoon with Daryl Morey. Is this whole thing worth it? Sixers get beat up at home again last night uh. by... By a Warriors team, Hugh, that's not very good. We look at them and we say, oh, you know, it's, it's – They're reeling right now. Yeah, it's Steve Kerr, it's Steph Curry, it's Draymond Green. But let's be real, the Warriors are a, a very mediocre team at this stage. And they came in here last night and they just beat up the Sixers. Got a feel-good win. For good for them, not for me. It feels bad. So here, here's where I'm at. I'm curious where everyone is. 215-592-9494. Is this worth it for the Sixers? What I mean by that is should they go all in – or really just punt on this thing and be all out at the deadline. Hugh, I don't think this team's worth it. And it's not so much about the players. Like, Terry Smacks, he's an all-star. He's going to be a good player for a long time. 
I look at this team and I say they're four and twelve without Joel Embiid. Yeah. Okay, so they're not a good team when he's not out there. And in fact, they're a bad team when he's not out there. We don't know when he's coming back. They're closer to the seven seed, a play-in spot, than they are to you know the two seed in the NBA Eastern Conference. So they're they're in, in a bad way right now. And I look at him like they have cap room into the summer. They have draft picks that they haven't had in a long time. I, I would wait. I would hold back. In fact, I would sell more than I would be in on buying. I, this team right now, their odds to win the championship are, is 42 to 1. To put that in a percentage, that's about a 2% chance to win the NBA title this year. Hugh, I, I would rather punt and, and be all out than be all in. Hugh, where are you on the Sixers? So you're saying we got a chance with 2%? 2%? I'll take, that. I'll take oh. that all day. Listen, a chip in the chair. You know, you know my philosophy, and stranger things have happened. I'll say this. Th- this is what we're wearing it against because you talk about all those expiring contracts mm-hmm. that we have at the end of the year, but we have a budding all-star on the squad now. Now, granted, he didn't play like that all-star that we needed him to be last night. But I feel like if you make the right move, it doesn't have to be a major move because there's not a whole lot of major moves out there to be made. But if you make the right move and if you can stay afloat, because that's what we're talking about right now. We know we need the big dog out there, Joel Embiid. But if you can make the right move, uh, DeJounte Murray, and stay afloat, I think that this team can be relevant. A chip in the chair, Joe. I'm all in for that. I'm I'm not in for punting on the season. A chip in the chair, I'm sticking with it. That's my story. Sticking to it. All right, Elliot, what are you thinking on this? I know you've been uh, pretty strong on a lot of the Sixer stuff, Clap Your Hands podcast, and we have you on once a week to talk about it. But this feels like it's at a, a big tipping point for Daryl Morey because he's assembled assets that he mm-hmm. hasn't had since he got here, and he's assembled cap room this summer. Now they could use some of that today to make themselves better. Elliot, where are you as this team? Clearly, if they're going to stay afloat, they need help. It's a matter of is it worth it here? Yeah, today is more about it is not just about staying afloat. Today is about acquiring a difference making player that you can count on beyond this year. The Sixers have again a hundred million dollars in expiring contracts that after three o'clock today they will be unable to trade. They have Tobias Harris. Do we? Does any of us want to see Tobias actually get all the way to the end of this deal? Today is a day you trade Tobias. Robert Covington's not even playing. He he's seventeen million dollars. Marcus Morris is a nice player, but he's not somebody that you hold on to. That's $17 million. They have so many assets to move today, and there are players out there that can be difference makers. It's not just about staying afloat with Joel. It's about that it is easier to make a difference-making move today than it's going to be this offseason. I'm not banking on signing a free agent. I know Murray is available today. Murray is 27. He's a guard. He takes pressure off of Maxi. He'll come in here. He'll make the Sixers better when Embiid is here. He'll make the Sixers better when Embiid is not here. And today is the day to make the move. You cannot punt on the season. There's no time to punt. The assets expire in five hours. Like You have to do something today. So I understand your point, and you're right. I mean, I can't argue that you're right. The, the assets do expire, right? Tobias Harris' contract expires, and then it just goes away. You can't use it. But if you use the cap room now, if you bring in players like a DeJounte Murray, I know you guys both want, you can't sign someone this offseason. Who are That's you signing this offseason? Well, Pascal Siakam's out there. I mean, Pascal Siakam's not even as good as Murray, number one. Uh, and I they disagree. had a chance to acquire him already. He, the Pacers paid, what, three first-round picks for him? He's yeah. not leaving Indiana. Well, he could. But, but, so they didn't. the Sixers didn't get him because you would have had a chance he could have left, right? You could have used all those right. picks, and then he's still a free agent. I just I look at this team and I don't want to box myself in to the next three or four years. This isn't this what they did with Tobias? They traded for him and they kind of boxed themselves in him and Butler that year. Like they mm-hmm. had to bring one of them back, and then they've been boxing with Tobias. I just I would like a reset of this team. I don't think, and I know you guys might think I'm being pessimistic. 
little bit. Is there any chance they're winning the championship this year? Any? Always a chance. No. You said you said two percent. But that's in NBA terms. That's really small. I mean, but I look at like the thing that gives me hope is like when you look at what the Miami Heat were able to do, and they made a nice little run, and they and they, they obviously they lost, but still. You gotta have, you gotta take a chance. You gotta take a chance, and I think that's the most important thing. You just can't punt on the season, even though we know Joel Embiid is not probably going to be a hundred percent. You can't punt on the season, and and you also you can't just let Maxi flounder out there for the next six weeks, if not longer. Like Joel might not be back. We think he'll be back. He might not be back. We saw what giving Joel no help for the first few years of his career did. Like you have to get out and get Maxi somebody that's going to take the pressure off him. He can't handle it. He's not a number one guy. He's a great young player, but he has shown these last few games he's not somebody you can count on to carry you while Embiid, while Embiid is out. So today is the day to go out and get somebody that can help Maxi and frankly maybe be better than Maxi. Like Maxi is not a number one option on a team. He can't be in that role the rest of the season. Well, I agree with that. He's not a number one, not on a, a team that wins anything. Sydney. Let's hear from Adrian Moses. Jurassic, the latest on the Sixers NBA trade deadline. What is Daryl Morey trying to do here? They're really trying hard. I think Philly, you know, one team that they had had a lot of conversation with, uh, with uh, Detroit, Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich. I'm ta- told, you know, that those talks largely broke down uh, this evening. But Philly is all over the map trying to get some size, trying to get some shooting, some playmaking. They've been in a free fall here without not just Joel Embiid, but having players like DeAnthony Melton out and Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey was sick tonight. But I think this is still a team that thinks they can kind of get their anchor back and try to bide their time uh, with some additions here until Joel Embiid can come back. Uh, but they're going to be really active. I think they'll make moves. It'll be a question of, of how significant they are. Yeah, and Elliot, you clearly want a significant move here. I just, I don't think it's worth it. I understand the idea of the future, but I just I'd like to see this thing big picture view. Let's go to the offseason. Let's put the cap room out there, and maybe there's a better idea than Dejounte. Who's the best player that gets moved today? Murray, Dejounte Murray, probably Murray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's probably. always surprises, Could but be. it's probably Murray. But Murray's a great player. He averages I think like 22 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's having a career year shooting. He's a good defensive player. He's made an all defense, all NBA defensive team. Like he is a he is a great player. I don't know just sitting around and waiting who's going to pop up. Well, I, don't, I mean, Siakam's probably the best one out there in free agency. Yeah, and Murray's better than Siakam. I'd see. We disagree on that. But that's all right. Like, he's a good player, Murray, and he would help make them better. Hugh, it's a matter of is it worth it for this season and beyond? And I, Darren Morey always talks about championship odds and window. If he's being honest with himself. Uh, Hugh, I know you brought up the, the heat last year, but that's, that's an outlier. That's hard to go from the seventh seed to go to a championship. Yeah, but it's starting to happen a little bit more. It is. It's starting to happen more than it has happened in the past. And, you know, the the thing about building a big three, yeah, I think you still need some components like that. But it's it's almost a crapshoot to who, who gets hot at the right time, and I think that's what we're talking about. The fact that Joel Embiid is hurt right now, I think maybe it could be a blessing in disguise. The fact that gave him two months off, hopefully he's not coming back with the fluffy factor. Give him two months off getting ready for the playoffs and make a push there with that other person that's going to come in and take pressure off of the squad. There is one more element to this, though, and I make sure we throw this out there. Right, Elliot brought up Murray. There's maybe Siakam this offseason. I'm looking at the list of free agents. I understand it's not overwhelming, but there's always something weird that happens. It's the NBA, right? The next, and that's how, basically it's how Harden got here and Simmons got off the team. We don't know who the next star is that forces their way out of a team. The Sixers could have a bunch of draft picks, and, full cap room to assume that player into the team. 
Right, if they trade for Murray or anybody today that's of significance, it's harder to get that player. Yeah, but I think there's this perception in the NBA that if you put all your assets into the middle, which is really what we're talking about, are yeah. you all in on the team or all are you out. not? The Sixers are never really out of, like, they have all these draft picks now. They have Maxi if they wanted to trade him this offseason. Joel is kind of looming all over this, mm-hmm. right? If a player that's better than Murray, like you're talking about a top 10 guy all of a sudden decides he wants out. Right? Like Lillard did last summer. Or let's say Jimmy Butler. Sure. Like, right? Paul George, someone like that. They, you find ways to get that guy. Like like uh, Milwaukee found a way to get Dame Lillard. The, you always find a way to get those star players. So sitting on your hands now and letting this season sink, when let's be honest, the East is not that good. Uh, right? I mean, Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs are hot right now, but OG Ananobi and the Knicks, he's dealing with an injury. Uh, the Bucks are on a free fall. The Celtics are good, but the Sixers almost beat the Celtics last year. So there is still a chance to win this year, but you can't not help the team. Like This is what Daryl Morey gets paid for. Go out, use the assets, make a trade, and get this season back on track. Yeah, and last night, Nick Nurse asked by Howard Eskin, like, can you guys even stay afloat? Right now, they're closer to the seventh seed than the two. Here's Nick Nurse after the game last night. How difficult is it to maintain a decent playoff seating without a trade uh, for this team? Well, I think that, um, again, I think most people would say, okay, Joel's out. That's a that's a big position that we would would be looking at in the in the possibilities of trade deadlines. But I mean, listen, we've got to. No matter how it shakes out, I think um, again, most people are talking about this is going to be a really quiet trade day tomorrow. After I don't know forty thousand of them last year on trade day, there there seems to be very few um, possibly going to happen. So I don't I don't think you. Kind of pin your hopes one way or the other of anything happening, and we gotta we gotta go with whatever ends up going. And we're gonna have to pick some games off, man. I keep saying that we're gonna have to pick some games off here, and any way we can to maintain a good seed or or stay in it. Yeah, Nick's, I think Nurse look at that schedule. That February schedule has a lot of tough teams. They're gonna have to win some. A lot of scheduled losses. Woo, they're gonna have to win some. Maybe they're gonna be underdogs. At our two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. How should the Sixers approach the trade deadline today? All in. Or all out? Should they punt? I'm punting. Elliot's all in. Hughes all I'm in. I'm all in. Trying to save this thing. Kyle, before we go to the phones, what are you feeling as the Sixers and Maury get ready for a, a big de- trade deadline so today? I, I just feel like the last few weeks without Embiid since the news and how they played, it's kind of just been one big overreaction. Joel Embiid is out, yeah, and they have not played well in his absence. But we have to remember there's like four other guys that have been injured. Like the Sixers are a decimated team mm-hmm. by injuries right now. So I, I think we're kind of in a way underrating what this team can be when those guys are back and they make an addition at the trade deadline. And I don't understand why Joel Embiid getting injured is is the straw that broke the camel's back for some people. And like, oh, we're never going to win now. Joel Embiid's hurt again. We knew this. Going into the season, Joel Embiid at some point was probably going to be banged up. We were going to have to weather a, a Joel Embiid injury. Like, what would be the final nail in the coffin for me is if we go into the playoffs with Embiid fully healthy. And he, and he stinks it up. Then I'll be like, okay, maybe this just isn't meant to be. But this is something that we knew we were going to have to deal with going into the season. So now it's a matter of can Daryl Morey make the most out of this trade deadline? And I want to see him try to do that. So I'm going all in, man. You're, you're on an island today, Oh, Joe. you guys have me going on an all island. In. On a team that is getting beat up at home by the Warriors. You guys are all in. Tyrone in Middletown is up on WIP. What's up, Tyrone? Hey, good morning. Morning, morning, uh, gang. I haven't been the first call in a long time. You're first uh, up today, Tyrone. It's been a lot of pressure. You had a lot of pressure on you. What are you feeling on this one? You, you punting or are you going all in? 
Um, I'm like I'm taking two foul shots to win the game. I, I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to punt because first of all, the Sixers, the track record, I, I think the trades hasn't been very good. The last time they're in position to have uh, draft picks, they were like a kid with money burning a hole in his pocket. They, they had they had three draft number one picks. They traded them all away. Got James Harden and. That was a reset. Look where we are today. Now we have some assets. What I think that they should do, they should let the season play out, get the healthy players, unhealthy players healthy again. And then uh, when these available free agents, like, and I agree with you, I think Pascal Siakam, he's a very good player. He's 6'10". He's aggressive. He's a good, he's a good complimentary player that if you teamed him with Embiid, particularly with his background, they're both from uh, – Cameroon. I think it's from yeah, Cameroon. Cameroon. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and uh, at least Embiid won't have to worry about getting his eye socket broken again. And uh, <laughs> that that would be one good thing about know? Siakam. Yeah. So <laughs> he, here's the thing, Tyrone. I look if they they could have gotten Siakam in a trade two months ago, they chose not to beat the Indiana offer. I'm just at the point where I think the future is brighter if they just you know take a deep breath today because if they take on cap space or they they trade away their picks, I I think it hurts next year and the year after. I agree with you a hundred percent in that. If they wait for the draft, get a high pick, contracts are expiring, they can pick up other available free agents that are younger, faster, and, uh, and assets that fit their needs. It's like sometimes you go out and just rush and just grab something. not know, Just because you can doesn't always turn out well. Well, that's part of it, Tyrone. Tyrone, we appreciate the phone call. Chris in Middletown is up. What's up, Chris? Morning, guys. What's hey, Chris, on, Chris. What's up, buddy? How we doing today? We feeling good? Well, I'm. I'm. A li- I gotta be honest with you. I'm. I'm a little bit on edge here that Maury's gonna d- listen to Hugh and Elliot and Kyle here and make a big move. You can't take. A little season, bit man. on edge. You can't take the season. Yeah, but if you're not good enough, is it worth throwing assets in? Would we throw another so, log so on this they fire? Are, they are 28 and six with Joel for what it's worth. But we don't know when he's gonna play. I, I'm just saying you're acting like they have no shot. They would have a shot, especially if they improve the roster. They would have a small shot. But Elliot, they could be before Christian make a point. They could be in the play-in game. They could, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, but 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 they would only be in the play-in because of Joel being out. I, I they understand would not be that. a play-in team, but they'd be a play-in team with Joel probably in his first what five games back. Like he wouldn't have a long ramp up in the playing game. That's like yeah. the first second week of April, whatever. The it Lakers is. made a run from the eight seed last year to the conference finals, the, right? The Heat. the Heat have done it, so it is possible. I just think punting. You're you're underselling how good this team can be. Chris, what do you think, guys? I'm going to tell you what I think in one quick second, but I'm going to give a little. Uh, Plugged here to my uh, son's friends who will be uh, signing their D1 offers today. Hugh, take you back in a time machine here. Um, my my son Noah's friends, uh, Sam, his classmate, will be signing with Liberty today to play D1 football, and uh, Carter Sereca will be playing at University of Delaware. So shout out to those young men, both fine young men. Now let's get to the topic of importance here. Joe, Joe, Joe. You're on an island, right, Joe? I'm all by myself on this one. I, I I want to think big picture here, not the not just for this season. Joe, you're a damn genius. Those people around you in that studio today are a bunch of morons. I need help here. Okay? <laughs> I'm getting beat up left and right here. Everyone's telling me, let's go for it. Go get someone. Now nah, I'm out. Hugh, Hugh, you know, Hugh's Mr. Emotion when it comes to every other team but the Eagles, and the Eagles need logic and reason. Well, you did t- you did tell him to stop being so logical. He's listened to I, you here. 
I meant with the Eagles, not with the Sixers, Hugh. <laughs> okay, Hugh, I got you. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh I'm, I'm putting you a little bit on uh, emotional fraud alert, man. You're starting to remind me of, of, of mothballs, dude, Eskin, because when it comes to the Eagles, he's all, oh, they're the smartest thing in the world. And everybody else, he speaks with logic and reason, and you do the opposite. Um, Hugh, also, here's another side, too, Hugh. Anytime you agree with ESP, that's a warning. I'm on, the bad, I'm on the bad side of something. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha I don't know gotcha. about that, but probably more times than not, yes. Yeah, so, no, guys, listen, sell, 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 sell. Uh, build it for next year. Joel is not going to come back and if he, this year, and if he does, he's still going to be so out of shape. Uh, you can't risk it. Um, I, again, I'd rather trade him this offseason, but if you're going to hang on to him, you got to build around him moving forward, but you got to, got to. Sell guys, hit that sell button. Remember that. Remember when Kramer, you know, had his show and he go sell, 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 sell. That's what the Sixers need. Yeah, uh, Chris, I, I'm with Get you. I'm, I'm punting. I'm not going in on this year. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Big show today here on the midday show. We'll see if the Sixers make a move by the three p.m. deadline. We'll keep you updated with everything going on here. Elliot has all the news and rumors. He's at the uh, trade deadline desk here. Some open lines here. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All in. Or punt. Hugh's all in. All in, baby. All Elliot's in. all in. Kyle's all in. And I'm out. I, I just I don't think this team this year is worth going in. I would save the assets. I still believe. Yes, I do. I, I know believe. you have yes. some breaking news, actually. What do you got? Uh, according to Shams, Indiana is nearing a deal to trade Buddy Hill to the Philadelphia 76 Okay, oh we're getting Buddy Hill. Good Good job. Job. Okay. Right. 94 WIP breaking news. All right, breaking news from WIP presented by BeckQL. Smarter bets start with BeckQL. Download the BeckQL app or visit BeckQL.com today. We'll come back. We'll react to it. Buddy Heald is on his way to the Sixers. Yeah. Are you guys ready for the final strip now, Buddy Heald? All right, we'll talk about it. We'll react to the Buddy Heald deal. We'll find out what the Sixers sent to Indiana. We also have a prize today. And how much should Joel Embiid factor into what the Sixers do today and moving forward? We'll discuss it next. 215-592-9494 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at Ameribest today. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. Ameribest offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. Let Ameribest take care of you so you can focus on what matters most, caring for your loved one. Call Ameribest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or visit AmeribestHomeCare.com. We do have news on a special Sixers trade deadline day. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio coming up at 1130. Ansel Cataldi is going to join us in studio. We'll get to a lot of Eagles stuff. Today's the anniversary, by the way, of the Jason Kelsey speech at the parade Six years ago. A lot to get to. Elliot, uh, so what are the terms of the deal? As we went to break there, we found out the Sixers are nearing a deal for Buddy Heald, the guard from the Pacers. Yeah, so Buddy Heald comes to Philadelphia from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, in exchange, the Sixers are sending Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round draft picks. So not a cheap deal. That is quite a bit to give up for a rental. Buddy Heald is in the fire, final year of his contract. But... A move, and a move that should help them both when Embiid is back and right now with Embiid out. I agree with that. Uh, look, I, this is not a deal that's going to move the needle extreme to extreme level. It's also not one, like you said, Ellie, it's not cheap. It, it's not like they just gave up the expiring contracts. It was a swap there. They they gave up three picks that could have been used down the line for something else. So 
it, this is a signal to me, Elliot, they're going to try. They're trying today. And it's well, a, it, yeah. it accomplishes a few things. One, and one thing you've heard a lot uh, from the Sixers is the cap space plan. They mm-hmm. want to have cap space this offseason. You talked about that. it in the yeah. first segment. It does not change that. But he is an expiring contract. I don't think you gave up enough where you have to resign him. You didn't give up any of the first-round picks. But he also is helpful. Again, a 39% uh, shooter from three on almost seven attempts a game. He can space the floor for Joel when he's back. But he's also somebody that scored that's averaged close to 20 points a few seasons uh, in his career. I think he helps Maxi in taking some of the scoring uh, on the perimeter off of his plate. And I think he can be the ball handler if you need him to. So a good trade right now, but also keeps their flexibility open. Hugh, what's your reaction? Buddy healed for a couple expiring contracts and three second-round picks. You know, didn't they just give Marcus Morris a key to the city? The Sixers or the or the city? The city. Yeah. The city, he they, he can take it with him. Come yeah, back. Can you can, can you use that? I'm 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 more curious about can you use actually use the key after you've been traded? Key Hopefully card don't work in anymore. Indiana, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that, no. But I think they they went out and they did what they could. Like this is what we're we're weighing this against. Whether or not what we're, what we're going to get from Joel Embiid and how much are we factoring him in mm-hmm. to this playoff run? And I and it's kind of hard to say with this move because this is not an all in move. This is this is a good move, no question about it. But it wasn't. I don't think it was one that that gets the fan base real real excited. No, it's a thread the needle move. It, yeah. it helps a little bit now. Certainly, I mean he will help them in the short term. But like Elliot said, it doesn't impact the cap and the future. The picks. I mean they gave three second round picks. They could have been using other deals, but those aren't you know huge picks there. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We're gonna get to uh, Hughes' clues coming up in a few minutes. We have a, we have a prize to give away. Giving today. away prizes. But Hugh, you brought up something interesting there about Joel Embiid. Um, and the Sixers and their responsibility here to factor him into all of this, whether it be what they're getting for this year, what they're getting for the future, and how much should they? I mean, the guy's always hurt, but we know he's a great player, and he's, for now, this team's sun and the moon and the stars, right? He's the he's No question it. about it. Everything revolves around Joel should, should Should these moves today, should they think about Embiid when they I do I think that? so. I think so. I think it's important. I think because he is still the catalyst for this team. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because he's been off hurt and all these, these playoff scenarios that we're talking about. But you still have to give him a chance, man. And I think that with the budding star that we have in Tyreek's Maxey, you also have to worry about hit, stun his growth by not getting somebody to help him become a better player. It's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's, it's so many irons in the fire when it comes to all of this. It's hard to just punt on the season, in my opinion. So a player the Sixers have been rumored to be involved with, uh, Kelly Olnick. The Utah Jazz are trading uh, him to the Toronto Raptors. So no Kelly Olenek in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. All right, he would have been a similar kind of Buddy Heald, right? He's like a center Buddy Heald, a, a guy that's on an expiring. Would stretch the floor, yeah. yeah. But they'd rumored to have interest in him. Uh, they're also rumored to be in an Andre Drummond. So if Olenek's not coming here, maybe Drummond becomes a possibility. Drummond makes a lot of sense. He was here before. He can, you know, they, they need another big guy. I mean, Hugh, that's obvious without Embiid. I mean, they're not going to find anyone that's like Embiid, but they just need a center because Paul yeah, Reed can only do so much. Yeah, and and you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're trying to salvage the season when you got this tough stretch coming up, you're going to have to get some big guy in there that's going to help out somewhat, give you some kind of help. Of course, and and I think Drummond makes a lot of sense. So no Olenek. All right, 215 Your reaction to the Buddy Heel trade and should the Sixers do more here at the deadline? Elliot, what's your perspective on the, uh, the Embiid factor in all this? Because he hovers over everything, right? Like, he had the surgery. The The news and the reporting is there's a chance he comes back, maybe a pretty good chance. He, they, we don't seem to think they haven't reported he had the major surgery. So 
I think he's still got a real chance to come back. How much should Joel factor into what they do? I don't think Joel should really factor into what they do. Um, Joel is obviously the best player on the team. He's arguably the best player in the NBA, but he's not around enough. He's going to be out probably the rest of this regular season, if not the majority of it. He might not play in the playoffs. Um, And the the issue the Sixers have run into time and time again is they build a team around Joel, and then when the important games come in the playoffs – He's not around. Like, he's not there. So they're not used to playing uh, without him. They don't have a roster that's set up to to play without him. This is why I like a player like Murray. I'm not saying you go and build around Murray, but if you build around Maxi and Murray, and now you have Buddy Heald, and you become a guard-oriented team with shooting, that's something that can translate into the postseason. So when I'm making trades today or when I'm making trades this offseason, Joel is no longer top of mind for me. It is about acquiring the best player and getting the best players you can to Philly, not worrying about building around somebody that frankly has not been here in the biggest moments yeah it's a thread the needle thing Hugh it's hard I'm with more with you on this Hugh I think that they as long as he's here as long as Joel is here it he has to be the centerpiece yeah he's the sun the moon and the stars when you talk about how many games have they won since he's been gone for you well they're four and 12 without him yeah so it's one of those things where that's how our team is built right now and I know that in like in order to make it better we need that third guy but we still need Joel Embiid in the mix, man, because he takes a lot of pressure off of everybody. And I'm also looking to try to make Tyrese Maxey grow as a as a, a, a player. I don't I don't know how good he can be, but I think he could be really good if given opportunity. Well, the Maxey element to this is, I mean, he over the next six weeks, Maxey's got to play really well. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's anything they do today that's going to change that element of it. But Maxey has to play really well. To, to prove that he's as good as we – they might give him a max contract. They probably will, Elliot, this offseason. He's got to earn that the next six weeks. Yeah, and he's been mostly a disaster yeah. w- without Joel. And and, and forget the w- with jo- without Joel thing. There's been times where Joel hasn't had good games and Maxi hasn't been able to step up. Maxi has had good games here. He is an all-star. I mean, obviously, he, he's probably exceeded expectations to an extent this year. But if you're going to give him a max contract and he's going to be an actual all-star, then he's got to play like that when Joel is not here. What other number two in the NBA do we just excuse away failure when the number one's not there? We wouldn't do this for Jalen Brown. We wouldn't do this for Damian Lillard. Like You, you don't do it for actual numbers, too. For, for number two guys, Maxi has been really bad without Joel, and that's a major concern. You know what? That was the thing I was thinking about last night watching the game, and I know that there was rumors that he wasn't going to play he was because Ill, he was sick. Ill, yeah. And then when he went out there, and you know, like everybody else, you think Jordan flu game. And and I was thinking, like, well, you know, everybody can't have one of those games. But the bottom line is this. When you got that all-star by your name, regardless if you're 19 or 28, you have to go out there and you have to play like an all-star. It's, it's, true. Under, it's, it's a cold world to be in, but that's the that's the cold, honest truth about the situation. You yeah. have to play better. Well, and the other part is maybe Maxie's actually a number three that's masquerading around as a two because we like him and he's an all-star. I mean, I, I mean, he doesn't look like a number two to me right now. He looks like a three that is being asked to be a one, and that's what happens. Let's go to the phone lines here, and then we'll set you up for Hughes Clues. Jackson is in Phoenixville. What's up, Jackson? So you guys keep talking about trading Maxie, but yet he's like the fan favorite. He loves it here in Philadelphia. Yeah, but Jackson, I, mean, I, I don't know if anyone said those words, trade Maxie. We're just discussing Maxie's I, I playing. I don't recall saying mm, that. Pretty much, Elliot Short Parks, like five minutes ago before the break, said that they would trade Maxie. I would definitely trade consider trading Maxie. Why wouldn't you? We're, we're waiting on you to retort, Jackson. That this, The floor is yours. <laughs> I, why would you trade the best asset you have besides Embiid? Because he's question. the best asset Fan you have besides favorite. Embiid. I'm not saying I would trade him for nothing, but if the, if you're telling me, and I don't know where you fall on this, but if, if Joe and Hugh want to build around Embiid 
and you and Maxi is showing that without Embiid he can't do it, and even with Embiid in the playoffs, he has been shut down from the perimeter. Like there is no proof, Maxi, in my opinion, when it comes down to it, can be the number one guy on the perimeter. He's too small. <laughs> it, it, well, I, I, we didn't. I'm not talking about the perimeter. He's the guy who drives the net. So let, let me just. He doesn't get to the so free throw line trade. a ton. I, I just don't understand that the concept. You have a homegrown talent in Max. You drafted him, and now you're going to go out and trade him. Look what happened with Mikel Bridges. Look what. I mean, I just don't understand. Like you, you, you can't have it both ways. You're talking out of both sides of your but, mouth. But Jackson, hold on. But here, here's the about- problem. Jackson, here's the problem. And I, I like Maxi. I think we all like Maxi. Yeah, I like Maxi too. I'm not saying I would trade him for nothing. But we talk about trading Joel all the time. Right. The issue I have. Jackson, with the Maxi situation, is uh, the timeline for Maxi's growth and Embiid's reality do not match up to me. Ty- Tyrese Maxi is probably going to, if he graduates to being a guy that you could win a title with as your number two guy, that's probably two or three years from now. And Joel, two or three years from now, might be cooked. Like that, that's been my problem with this whole setup for, for the whole last year is they don't match. Like you, your stars, they got them. They got a match. Other assets that are not homegrown that you have a fan favorite who loves being here. And I'll, you know what? Here we go. You know, right. instead of arguing about it, why don't you bet me? Bet, bet me how much you want to bet he's not going to get traded. Well, I don't think any of us think, think he's, he's going to get traded. In his whole bet career, or whatever. Oh, oh, hey, well, what's the time? Beer. What's the timeline here? Kind of missing. I don't yeah. even care. Just bet me. He just mad. So hold on. I'll hang on. I'll hang on. Okay. You can bet. Me. All right. So so the bet is so that put he... your money where your mouth is. He's not going anywhere. Ever, 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 ever. Hold on. You think he's? Go- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To play his entire career as a sixer? Yes, I do. All right, I'll bet you $100 for charity. How many players in the NBA ever play their entire career in one city? Like 1%? Okay, let's say... Yeah, you How probably, probably want to walk like, that one you know, All-star career. Like, Michael Jordan went to the, went to the Wizards. The Wizards. Yeah. I mean, come on. That doesn't count. All right. Well, I don't you know, know, our Jackson, we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> figure this whole thing out. I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll bet you money for charity. Cool. Uh, look, I, I don't think the premise today, in our at least our discussion, was to trade Maxi, but Elliot brings up an interesting point, which is how – Daryl Morey's got a lot of, of things he's trying to juggle here between this year, the future, Joel. But the Maxi thing is part of this because they have to pay him a max this summer. That's what he's going to want. He's made the all-star team. He's probably going to get it. And not trying to put words in, in, in uh, you know, ESP's mouth because he can do that for him damn self. But he said he would listen to. Right. Mm-hmm. He never said he would trade. He said, but you, I, I think that if you're a GM of a professional sports team, if somebody calls with a trade offer, you can you you can listen to it. Don't mean you can have to entertain it, but it's okay to listen to it. Yeah, of course. Well, and also to what he said, like I Maxi is probably my favorite Sixer guard since Iverson. Like when I watch him, Iverson was my favorite Sixer growing up. Maxi reminds me of him in a lot of ways, but Maxi has not been good enough with Joel out, and they're about to pay him a max deal. So when it comes down to whether I would trade Maxi, they're not going to do it today, right? Like Maxi's not getting traded, of course I, not, I, right? But the point I'm making is talking about last night in the game versus Brooklyn, in the game versus, you know, in the last three games, he's not been good enough. And we can't not criticize him simply because 
He's a homegrown player. Like, Joel's a homegrown player. He gets ripped nonstop. Matt, Joel plays hurt. Uh, people still rip him. Maxi was sick. That's not an excuse for 15 points when you're supposed to be the best player on the team. Yeah, and I, my thing on him, and I'm, I'm, you and I see this similar, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's ready to be the number two on a title team. So I give this particular team this year very little chance to win a title, which is why I want to just like take a deep breath here before Maury trades anything else away. All right, before we go any further here, Hugh, we do have a prize to give away today. We got a prize to yeah, give away. Yeah, we got a hand and stone massage and facial spa gift card, which I got to say is probably a good gift that someone could give to someone maybe next week on a certain day, 50-minute massage Yo, or man. facial. On that fake ass holiday. Yeah, but if you maybe have if you want to give a gift to someone, yeah, you, you get it right here on the midday show. Yeah, hand and stone. All right, we have That's that gift, gift card here, and we do it by uh, playing a little game called Hughes Clues. Hey, so this clue, like first, you know, I, I like kind of like the sci-fi theme that we've we've had over the last couple. Yeah, of you're years. a sci-fi guy. Yeah, I'm a sci-fi guy. I like to watch this, and this is the movie theme. So this this sci-fi movie that I'm talking about, the the uh, the the remake mm-hmm. was better than the original. Almost messed that up. That's a take. Yeah, the remake was better than the original, and I feel like that's probably rare. Yeah, My, most originals are better than the and, remake, and a lot of times, like. Listen to the clue, because in sci-fi, sometimes the original is is good, but when you have all the the technology mm. that we have nowadays, it, it kind of makes the the newer version better because of the the visuals. Yeah, the realistic feel. like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it enhances the oh, the whole you, idea. Why do you, why you say Star well, Wars? Well, like, look, instead of using a potato as an asteroid, you can use like an actual CGI yeah. no, asteroid. I, so. I think oh, I that's think, what that was. Yeah. I did not until you said that. I did not little know. Little potato. That. Yeah, We're learning things every day here on the show. I did not know that. Now the only other debate here is: is this a sci-fi movie? Yeah, that was the case. Like, we, we had a little. Debate I mean, we about landed on yes because Hugh gave it away as a yes, sci-fi movie. Right. All right, Elliot's an idiot. All right, let's. Yeah, that was Elliot's fault. <laughs> well, I think it was a fair point he made. All right, no, they... <laughs> because it's funny, Joe. Because a lot of times when I when I bring up these movies. People look at me like I'm crazy because they've never seen them. Like, and I'm like, I keep forgetting y'all a lot younger than I am. So, it's so like, I have seen this one. You have? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't want to give away too many clues, but yes, I've seen it. No, I, no, I think that's a clue because I think people well, have gonna, a, yeah. people have a sense of movies Elliot probably has seen before. Just hearing him talk. Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, I think this this it's actually like an extra little clue there. You yeah. know what's funny? Like his favorite one of his favorite uh, performers was in a sci-fi movie. A couple sci-fi movies. What Elliot's favorite performance? Yeah. The Backstreet Boys, right? What sci-fi movie were they in? Well, one of them. Wait, wait. One of the Backstreet Boys was in a sci-fi wait a minute, movie because I keep getting them mixed up. Which which group was Justin Timberlake? In Justin Timberlake was in Sync. Okay, wrong group. Then never okay, so, mind. So well, Justin yeah, Timberlake actually, was, was in a few yeah. in sci-fi movies. Yeah. yeah I, okay. Right. No, but I, I might be right. The back one of the Backstreet Boys. Which one was Joey in? Joey know? was in sync too. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> Forget what is all wrong that? with him. <laughs> Close. Yeah. All right, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Your reaction, Buddy Heald on his way to the Sixers. Should they do more here? And of course, use clues for a chance at a fifty-minute massage and uh, and facial spa gift card at Hannison. All right, let's go to let's go to Anthony in Springfield. What's up, Anthony? <laughs> Anthony, what's up, guys? Hey, Anthony, what are you thinking today? So the other day, I ESP. Was all talking to Jack Fritz, and they were saying the same thing that Maxie's not a number two, and you guys are saying the same thing today. And what I'm asking you guys is, 
who is that number two that you guys are clamoring for? Is it Dame Lillard? Is it Jamal Murray? You guys said that Tyrese Maxey isn't a good enough number two. Not to be yet. Championship. Not yet. Yeah, Not no, yet. So I, I think Jam- I think Jamal Murray's a really interesting comp for him, and I think that like if you ask me, who do I think Maxey could become? I, I like last year's Murray is I take that, but it took Murray how many years? He was drafted in 2016, and so last it took him seven years to get to that level. I ju- well, I just don't point. right, but I. The so, kid's 23 years old. Go look at his numbers at 23 years old compared to the guys that you want, like Dame Lillard, totally. Jamal Murray. But, Anthony, my point is, and it's why I don't want to go all in for this year, is I don't think Maxie's ready. So I'm, I'm willing to be patient with this until he until he gets there. I just don't think he's ready to go help them win a championship as a two now. I don't think he's ready. He's an all-star this year. That, but Okay. but that, Has he looked like an all-star in the last few games, though? He's best players in the league this year, according to his peers. Right, but has he looked like that without Joel? Like, Joel makes a lot of players look better. Yeah, 51 the other night. You watched the yeah, game? Yeah, I did see him at 51 the other night. You're right. He okay. had a great he game that game. You're right. Like he it. did, yes. But I'm he, saying these last three games, the majority of this stretch where Joel has been out, he has been non-existent. Would you agree with that? They're keying him. You watch him on the pick Yeah, well, that's the point I'm making. They're keying him, and he court. can't do anything about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to... You're like, disregarding the fact that they're missing four starters, not just Joel. He's out there right. with a bunch of G League guys. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, defenses have shown that they key on Maxi. At this point of his career, he is un- he is currently unable to do anything about it. Right, like when What's deep- Jamal Murray without a Joker show. If you take the Joker off of, off of the Nuggets, Jamal Murray averages 19 points a game too. Okay, well maybe Murray's not. I don't know what to tell you about that. We're talking about Maxi. What, what I'm saying, do you, like, do you think Maxi's been good enough the last three games? I think that the team as a whole is defeated right now because they lost their MVP and the kid had the flu last night. Right, but it's Maxie's job to step up and make sure that he's better than he's been the last three games. I'm not saying three games defines him, but you don't find it can... They're missing the assets they acquired from Arden. That's the number three guy. They missed Toby in two of those games without Joel, too, when he had the flu back weeks ago. And they're missing Batum. They're missing Morris. They're missing... Right, but they've been Mellon. they've been non-competitive with Max. Like Maxie's been out on the court, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not out on Maxie. I just want to make that clear. I'm just saying that he has not been good enough with Joel so not there. Tra- my point is, last year everybody wanted to trade him for Levine. Last year everybody wanted to package him with Harden for Lillard. Why? What has happened? What did those guys do in their careers up until this point? Why would you want to trade a 23 year old or at this stage of his career better than Lillard was at 23 for a 33 year old Lillard? Lillard's not going to get better. Lillard doesn't play more than 70 games a year. Mm-hmm. Why would you trade a kid now that's only going to get better? Every year he's proven he's got better. Every year he's worked on his game. Right. Yeah. His next step needs to be his mid-range game and to play, to play slower. I agree. I agree with all, everything you're saying on that, right? I'm not saying I want to trade Maxi, but we, but to 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 act like he has stepped up with Embiid gone is just wrong. Like it's his job when you're the other All Star on the roster to step up and, and carry the team and be better than he's been. That's what I'm saying. And to Joe's point, if if Maxi isn't ready for the playoffs, which I don't know if is completely true, but if Maxi's developmental window is different than Embiid's, then I think if you can go get something that can help them win right now, it's not a crazy discussion to have. But what, what's wrong with the way – I mean, the Spurs built the team the right way, and they didn't let guys like McCall Bridges walk. They developed their guys. But Duncan won, what, five championships? So I this? think, Anthony, that's a really interesting comparison because at one point there was rumors they were going to trade Tony Parker for Jason Kidd when Parker was like 20 years old, and they held on to him, and obviously they won a bunch of titles with Tony Parker, and that was smart to hold on. My point is, more than Maxi in trading him or anything like that, is I'm just – I don't think they could win this year. With Embiid just had surgery two days ago, and I don't think Maxie's ready, so I'm willing to be patient. Anthony, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. Let's get you in the mix. Honestly, I'm not a sci-fi guy. I don't even want to take 
guest, but thank you. You got it, Anthony. We appreciate it. All right. Look, Anthony, I, Anthony's too busy being upset with, uh, <laughs> with Ellie. That's fine. Look, can I just quickly hear, because the all-star thing, I think, gets convoluted. Like, yes, Tyrese Max is an all-star. That doesn't mean he's the number two on a title team yet. I just, I just quickly went through just like the last 20 years. I just picked out some names. These guys have been all-stars. Kemba Walker, Paul Millsap, David Lee, Gerald Wallace, Sean Marion, Dale Davis, Eddie Jones, Jerry Stackhouse. You know, it's nice to be an all-star, and it means you're a good player right now. Not every all-star is a number two option on a championship team. That that's a big, that's a different bar. 215-592-9494. We'll keep going to the phone lines after there, after this. Guesses for Hughes Clues, reaction to the Buddy Heel trade. Do you like it? Do you like the Sixers approach? Should they do more? And we'll talk some Eagles on the other side. It's a big anniversary today. We'll get into it and what it means moving forward. 215-592-9494 is special. Special day on WIP, NBA trade deadline day. Angelo joins us at 11.30. We have more Sixers breaking yeah, we, news we to hit on the other side. Sixers breaking Woo, news. What do we got? Yeah. Uh, you want it now? So the, the Sixers are trading Daniel House to the Pistons. So the Daniel House and a second-round pick to the uh, via the Knicks to the Pistons. It's not clear who they're getting back yet, but House is going to the Pistons. Okay, so House is out, and they're getting something back from the Pistons. All right, we'll find out when we get back. More reaction to the Sixers, and we'll talk some Eagles next. Big Day Show, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio in studio with us live today. Ooh, ooh, Elliot ooh. Shore Parks at the trade deadline desk. And already we got some Sixers moves in the first hour. 215-592-9494. All right, half hour from now, we're going to be joined in studio. It's a big in-studio day. Angelo Cataldi will be with us. Got to talk to him about this uh, Eagles offseason, Sixers stuff. Of course, a lot going on here. Angelo will join us a half hour from now. A lot of reactions. So here's what we have so far. We have the Buddy Heel trade early in the show as the Sixers move on for Morris, Korkmaz, a few second-round picks, and in comes Buddy Heald. And now, just before we went to break, Elliot, Daniel House out, and it's it's uh, we're seeing that maybe they're trying to make some roster move for a, yeah, a local so, guy? So Daniel House is going to the Detroit Pistons. They trade House and a second-round pick to the Pistons, so four second-round picks out today. But as a result of the moves they've made today, they have two roster spots. They've traded out three players, and only Buddy Heald has come back. The speculation is, and I would guess it's pretty strong speculation, is that because they traded House, they're going to have cap space to sign players after this uh, free age, after the deadline passes. And Kyle Lowry, obviously a Philly native, Villanova guy, is believed to be bu- is going to be bought out by the uh, by the Hornets. So the, the thought is they trade House, it gives them room to go and sign Kyle Lowry once he is released by the Hornets. Look, I've always loved Kyle Lowry. I don't think anyone's going to complain that he's going to come home and play. We just probably have temper expectations, right? You know, you think of Kyle Lowry, you think of he at one point Hugh was a great player. He's an All Star four or five times. He received MVP votes at one point. He was, a, and Maury kind of discovered him early in his career down in Houston. So I, 
Hugh, I see the connection for, for Lowry to play in Philadelphia uh, with obviously Daryl Morey, but he's 37 years old. Yeah, and he's a little just, fluffy. Yeah, it looks, a little fluffy. <laughs> a little fluffy. I mean, and you know what happens to all of us, man. It happens to the best of us. Yep. But I remember, like, he, his, to me, his, some of his best seasons when he played with DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a little fluffy, but yeah, you're going to get something. This is one of those moves that you talk about, Joe. I mean, hold the fort type of situation. Yep. And hopefully Joel Embiid gets, gets healthier. And Tyrese Maxey grows into that that role that we need him to grow into and just try to stay afloat. Basically, that's what this is. Yeah, it feels like Maury's trying to thread the needle here between, you know, because so far what they've done is move on from second-round picks and move on from expiring contracts. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned the start of the show, Elliot. But they haven't yet taken on any future money. Like the, the, the healed thing, Buddy Hill's just here for this year. And if it's, let's say, Lowry comes as a free agent with the roster opening, that would be a short-term one-year deal. So they haven't impacted the future at all except for those picks. Yeah, so if they do bring in Lowry, I think what he would bring for them is, A, he can be the primary ball handler if needed. He has tons of playoff experience. He's won a championship. So if they are in the playoffs, and I think no matter how bad this crater is, I think there's a pretty good chance they will be. He's someone that allows Maxi to move off ball. He can go back to being, you know, the kind of the, the perimeter score. So that's what I think Lowry would help. And then Buddy, I mean, by adding Lowry and and Buddy Heald, you have improved the perimeter. Like, really, it's just Maxi right now. Pep Beverly has played well, but I don't think he's someone you want playing major minutes in the playoffs. Melton is dealing with a back injury that's kept him out for a while. So they have improved the perimeter and their guard position for sure so far, if they do sign Lowry, who I agree is kind of cooked. But he is he can still be the primary ball handler. Uh, yeah, he can be. Yeah. And look, it's so this happens in every sport. I, I don't mind a, a player that's quote unquote cooked if he could help a little bit. I mean, he was playing twenty eight minutes with Miami. I would I mean, if he plays fifteen here, you probably get fifteen decent minutes. Go to the phone lines here. Your reaction to everything Sixers so far. Should they do more? Should they stop here? And of course, Hughes Clues, your guess here for a fifty minute hand and stone massage at facial spa gift card. Sean is up next on WIP. Hey Sean. Hey, uh, so I just want to say I I love Tyrese Massey. Uh, from the moment he played, like, as a rookie, I, I was like, who's this guy? Who is he? The moment he touched the ball as a rookie, you could see that he has it. Like, he, he plays the heart. The kid is it. And if you want to keep on calling him a number two that's not good enough, you're not it. Like, stop doing that to so the oh, hold on so what he, what is he then he's so if he's mad. not a number two then what what it, what would he what would we call him uh would you call russell westbrook the number one no not now i mean I, and, about back in the day and probably at back in his day he was a two or three depending on how you viewed him and hardened back together in the day, you call russell westbrook a three yeah on he a said, championship he said team now yeah, on a he chip. Said, he said Russell Westbrook is a three now. No, he's a six now. He's a okay, six well, man. He's a six man now. Yeah, you say he's a three back in the day. That yeah. hey, that's ridiculous. And well, Maxie wait a second. Is, Hold on. How many championships did he? Was he the one or the two on? Zero. Look, Westbrook is a selfish player. Maxi has that same quickness and style of play, and he's not a selfish player. He needs to be unlocked. He's one of the greatest strikers. Hold on. He needs to be have. unlocked. There's no one else playing with him right now. Unlock what? They, they've they given him the ball the whole time. He, he stunk the last few games. Un, un, what but, do you mean unlocked? They've given him the keys to the offense. He's the point guard. I'm telling you. No, I know you like him. I'm just, I'm not sure youngest, what. 
I'm not sure greatest what... superstar in the NBA, period. Well, hold on. They're going to be Here. the youngest and the greatest. Job. I mean, come on. In he what t- league? The, said, N- the NBA? You heard him. I'm with him on this. Yeah, you hear me. Are you hurting? I mean, Sean, come on. I mean, like, I, I like Maxi a lot, but what do you mean, like, the best player in the league? Have you ever watched him play, dude? Like, look how fast he is. He's, like, one of the quickest and, like, electric players, but he's just shy and timid. He's when just he shy. Has the ball. He's He's, shy. A, he's the dude, and he's he needs dude. to get he needs to get harder, and he's that dude, and he, he can be that dude. Can I ask you a question? Why do they lose when he's the no, no Embiid if he's so good? They like they lose almost every game when it's just was, him out there. He was sick last night. Jeff. Oh, is this the flu or this is the uh, cough and cold? I'm telling you, dude. I watched I watched oh. Iverson play in high school. I'm from uh, Hampton Roads, and I watched Iverson play in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. But my eyes, I, I, he's just as fast and like he he's. I think this he's that. Sean, he's a good player. He's an all-star. I just don't know why we have to go to he's going to be the best player in the NBA. I think he was saying he's the best young player in the NBA. Yeah, uh, he's not. Which is also not true. Anthony thank Edwards you, is you, way you, better. But... Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, but yeah, he, didn't, yeah, yeah, he, he didn't say best. But he's not that. He's he's not as good as Anthony Edwards. He's the best young player in the NBA, period. He's better than Anthony Edwards. Y'all know that's Joe Conklin, right? This Joe Conklin. No, it's, yeah. this is all real. This is... Joe Conklin. Sean, yeah, all right. We, he's we'll, better than Anthony Edwards. Not yeah. a, no, okay. I, 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 but, you a, but you build a team around Anthony Edwards or him? Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Edwards might be the best player in the league to build a team around. Or like top five or something like Anthony that. Anthony Edwards without question, Sean. It's not even, it's not even really? close. Yes. You would build a team around Anthony Edwards and still build a team around Tyrese Matthews. Sean, you realize yes. a team built around Anthony Edwards is number one in the West. We can't win games with Maxi leaving the team. You see that what I'm talking about right now? I'm telling you. There is a difference between what you're talking about, and I'm so excited for the Sixers because we have a bench now. That's the difference between last year's team and this year's team. We have a bench to do 3 and D and to go the distance. They just last traded year, away the bench, the guys. Before, you doing Morris? Yeah, well, they and didn't. We didn't did. have the bench. They didn't. All right, Sean, let's get you a guess here. Give, me, give us a guess for Hughes' movie to get you Dune. in the mix for the prize. I'm pulling for you, Sean. Dune. That's a pretty I good like guess, you, man. though, man. I appreciate you. That's I appreciate a, you. What was the guess? Doom. 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 I appreciate you all so much. Oh, Sean, we, we love you, man. I appreciate it. So it's that not Doom. A, it's not that Doom. is a great guess because the newer version is way better. The, the old version was good, mm. but the newer version is way better because it's, it's more in-depth. Like, you know, it's two parts, and they're coming out with the second part soon. Y'all got me down my nerd hole now. Uh, but the, the the first movie, it was more in-depth because they went more behind the scenes of the actual characters, like Paul Atreides and his dad and everything. So it was pretty cool. I like that was that, a great guess, man. I like you. That was a genuine good guess from you. You you, you felt that one. It's yeah, it like was. You, it was. It's almost like you wish you, we did go with Doom for I do kind of wish I yeah, did that. I could see it. Sean win because he had some great points. I thought it was Joe Conklin at first, though. No, I no, really that did. was that was the world's biggest Tyrese Maxey fan. Am I losing my mind or is our last caller... A little bit too strong on Maxi. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I he, mean, Anthony, he was convicted. <laughs> Anthony he was, Edwards he might be, you know, obviously Jokic, I guess, would be up there begrudgingly. But if you're building a team around, team around any player in the NBA, it might be Anthony Edwards, considering his age and his current skill level. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Georgia kid, right? From Georgia. From Georgia, yep. yeah. yeah. Oh, he's turned into a, a monster for the uh, the Timberwolves there. All right, let's go to Matt in Levittown. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, um, Matt. I'm, I'm just confused with these trades. One... I don't get Buddy. I love Buddy Heald as a player. Um, I don't get the expiring contract part. Where are you, do you want him back next year? And add on to that, what is the starting lineup with all these trades with Embiid out? 
Well, that's an interesting question. So, Elliot, when you think of Buddy Heald, let's say Melton is back. Buddy Heald's coming off the bench. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, uh, Batum, I'm assuming, will still start, yep. assuming he's not traded today. So, And yeah, obviously, Toby's a big question here, too. Like, Toby, between now and 3 o'clock, could be traded. But if there's no more trades, I think the current starting lineup, frankly, it honestly might be Buddy Heald in the starting lineup over Melton. That's an interesting discussion. But it would be some version of Maxi, Melton, or Buddy Heald, uh, Batum, Toby, and Embiid. And then until Embiid's out, you know, probably still Paul Reed or if they make another trade today. That's that's just my only problem without Embiid. That's a really small lineup, I think, in this league. It is. I would the, agree with that. No, the, unless they go find a center, it's going to be small either way, right? Like they they need to go find a Drummond or I mean Kelly Olynyk was a name that we threw out, but he was already traded today. It's going to be hard to find it's, that, Matt. Like unless they get an actual center, they're probably going to end up small over the next month and a half or so. Yeah, that just relates back to my point with Buddy Heald with the expiring contract. I love Buddy Heald next year on the team, mm. but without Embiid, what is this starting lineup and what can you even do when your tallest player is Paul Reed at, what, 6'9"? Yeah, and your backcourt's small because Maxie's, you know, he, among guards, he's small. Matt, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. What movie are we talking about? Uh, the last guy took my guess, so I'm going to go with Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a, that's another pretty good one. Well, it's, it also has the remake element to it. Well, it's a good it, guess, and Matt, that's not it. remade twice. That's what, what, been remade twice. Where are you on the different ones? You like the original, the, the remakes? Well, the originals, I think, like, <laughs> the originals, some of the, some of the lines in the originals, they, 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 those dogs wouldn't hunt. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was for that time. It, it, yeah, it flew around that time. Hey, hey, hey. But, but you talk about some really, really great acting. I, I'm a big Charlton Heston fan back in the day, but, boy, you, you listen to some of those lines that he had in those movies. <laughs> Back in the day, but like, ooh. Well, you ever watch just any movie from back then? You're like, they said that? I mean, yeah, that happens no, a lot. But it's great. Movies. It's great when you watch it like you watch something like The Heat of the Night or something like that. Yeah. You're like, ooh. No, it's news. We got news. All right, another piece of news. What do we got, Elliot? Yeah, so actually not Sixers news. We have Eagles news here. Brian Johnson is being hired by Washington in a prominent offensive role. What does that mean? According to Jeremy Fowler. So not the coordinator. I believe Cliff Kingsbury is the coordinator there. Quarterback, quarterback coach. coach. Quarterback coach, maybe, you know, assistant head coach, offense coordinator type of thing. But, yeah, he's being hired by Washington. So he will stay in division. Well, and he also is going to have a hand in, their obviously, their next quarterback. I mean, Washington is the second pick. There's been some mm-hmm. speculation they might try to move up for one for Caleb Williams. But even if they just stay at two, that's, I don't know, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. So. Yep. Hugh, we're not uh, we're not done with talking about Brian Johnson because he has a role in shaping this quarterback, you know, the division's quarterback. Oh, this is going to be exciting to see what that looks like down there for the Commodores with him down there. Brian Johnson versus uh, Vic Fangio next yeah. year. Yeah. Well, also it's a combination. It's Brian Johnson and Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. who could have been here, but it didn't work out that way. They went with Kellen Moore, so that's. Didn't it strike you as as people around the NFL thought higher of him than we did, Elliot? He got a lot of interviews very quickly, but head coaching, offensive coordinator. Now he takes a little step back in terms of whatever his role is, but it's not like he's out of a job. Yeah, and rightfully so. Brian Johnson, if if the Eagles hired a coordinator from a team that last year was top 10 in offense, top 10 in rushing, one of the better passing attacks in the league, was a playoff team, and he was a main play caller, everyone would be excited about that. I think when you're up close and you saw the downfall, I understand the criticism of Brian Johnson, but Brian Johnson is a good coach, and the league has shown that. He's had multiple interviews, and now he lands a job. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think the criticism of Brian Johnson in this town was was always overblown, much like it was with Gannon. 
Gannon. Well, Gannon was they there. even said it when they kind of like the players said that like he someone had to be a scapegoat, right? Someone yeah. had to yeah. go. Someone had to be fired, and and he was the one that was fired. Is this the next best thing? To Chip Kelly going to the Commanders because now it's Brian Johnson sort of twice a year. Yeah, and King, and the Kingsbury thing because he interviewed here. They in effect they chose Kellen Moore over Kingsbury. It's like we get to follow that thing play play itself out now. David in Westchester, what's up, David? Joe, this is killing me, but I actually one hundred percent agree with you today, David. It's about time. We've been waiting for you to be on the right uh, side of one of these debates. You, you know, every now and then a broken clock is right. So, <laughs> but you you are one hundred percent correct. Um, this team without Embiid, these moves they're making. Um, they're just moves to make moves. Um, they need a shooting guard, but they need a shooting guard when Embiid was healthy. W- without them, they're, you know, the, the team is Embiid. So, yeah, they're a little like you. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right here. Um, you know, the rest of the people in there today, you know, they're wrong. So we'll just take this victory and run with it. Yeah, we will. And and David, so so far I'm not I'm not upset because they I don't think they've done anything to really hurt themselves in the future. They haven't taken on any salary. They haven't traded first round picks. It's almost like it feels like Maury's trying to thread the needle between realizing they probably can only go so far this year, but not trying to give up on the season for the coach, for the players, for if NBA can come back. So I I am I will accept what he's done so far, but he better be careful, David. I don't want to trade away first-round picks before the end of the day. Let, let's have a, a big-picture view on this well, thing. Why wouldn't you trade away first-round picks if you can get elite young players to come in here beyond this year? Because I want to keep my options open for the summer, unless it's someone I love. Like, I don't love Murray as much as you guys do. So, I mean, he's fine, but I, I'd rather keep options open for the summer for a better player or a possible trade. Like, there could be a player this who's summer. The, who's the last great player to be available in free agency? Like, like what player? I agree with you. Players pop up all the yeah. time, but LeBron James, LeBron James, was yeah, LeBron James, but he was always going to the Lakers. So yeah, I'm thinking right. beyond just regular free agency. Like, there's so, there's going to be someone out there this summer, like Lillard last year, who says I want out, and the Sixers will have all these first round picks and and full cap room to just absorb the player. That's that's appealing. Yeah, to so me. you're waiting for something, and I get the logic in that to an extent. But there's players available right now. Like Murray can help this team right now. Embiid, look, who knows if he'll be back? But if he is, you go to the playoffs with a lineup of Embiid, Maxi, Murray. They have Buddy Heald now, uh, Batum, and this theory. Not in a this bad case, lineup. Maybe, yeah, like you have a chance there. I think you're just you're overlooking the chance they have to win this year. I am. Well, because I don't. And you're also giving up on I, a, a year of Embiid in a way. Yeah. Oh, and now, I, if he was healthy, it's different. I mean, he's not healthy right now, David. So I have to factor that in. Yeah, Elliot's wrong here because they have they have a good lineup, but it's not a championship lineup by any stretch of imagination. Well, I have a question for you though. Like they were twenty eight okay. and six when Embiid was healthy. So if we're right. gonna if we're gonna say that if Embiid's back, because obviously if Embiid's not back, none of this matters to an extent in terms mm-hmm. of winning a championship. Exactly. But if Embiid right. if Embiid is back, they very mm-hmm. clearly have a lineup that can win a championship. Chip in the chair, man. Chip in the chair. Yeah. So so you're counting on a an injury prone player who is always hurt. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but um, you can help you yourself know. by adding talent now. Like I think the Buddy yeah. Heald thing helps them, right? If they add yeah, Kyle I th- Lowry, I think, I think there's some benefits. Yeah, but you but you and yeah, Joe are saying you want to punt on the year. So I also think that 28 and six is a little bit Eagles 10 and one ish. I don't. Right. I don't that they had the best net rating in the I know, NBA. But they played it? a lot of. They played a lot of Wizards. They played a lot of Pistons. They played a lot of Hornets early in the season. Like the, look at their schedule the next three weeks. They didn't play those teams early. I. I um. I mean, they already played the Celtics three times. They if I'm did not play mistaken. the Celtics. They but, played the Bucks. They. I mean, they've played. They played some of the better teams. I know, but look, their they schedule. The Thunder. Their schedule involves more of the better teams moving forward. I. I, I don't. Like I just don't think they're a championship team, so I'm not willing, especially with Embiid hurt, to go further. David, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. Well, 
It should be Dune, so you should give that guy a, that actually answer. I like that. Why it should, why did, why it should be Dune, though? People I'm like because Dune, Dune is a the remake is really good. I, and I totally agree. And and yeah. we, if you were paying attention on the line, I said, "Damn, I should have picked that one." Yeah. But that was I, not Hughes got regret on this one. <laughs> you absolutely should say that. But I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Dead Seven because that's the boy band sci-fi Ooh. movie. Dead Seven. Have you seen that one? Nope. Neither have I. Good guess though, David. Uh, so Dead Seven is not it. I, every time we do this, I, I need to look that up though, because I'm curious now. What is Dead Seven? What is Dead? 7? Do you have a running list of movies, or you just when you something pops up, you watch it, or you're like, oh, I gotta watch that one? Because you uh, watch a lot of movies. I do. It, it all depends. Like lately, like I like the movie a couple of weeks ago, Saltburn. Mm. That was pretty good. Kyle looked at me like I was good and crazy after he watched. Was it. that the one you guys that was, tried to convince me by saying yes. it was different? And I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this. Yeah, it was different. It was different. But you still should watch it. It was a great was, movie. Uh, it was, uh, it was a great movie. Well, it was, I, yeah. You watched it, Elliot? Of course, yeah. It was a great movie. I it, am was, watching, it was different, though. I am watching something different right now on Netflix that's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm into it. It's uh, called Fool Me Once. It's about a woman oh, who- Oh, the you Harlan heard? Coven one, right? I, yes. Based off a book. What, yeah. what she, what so she it's a woman whose husband uh, was murdered, mm-hmm. but then after his funeral, she keeps seeing him. And the and then as you go through, there's a, there's a feeling that it's either she's going crazy mm-hmm. or he's actually alive and the whole thing was staged. Gotcha. I tell you what else you need to probably watch. What do you got? The Griselda Blanco uh, documentary. Well, is it a documentary? No, it's a not a documentary. Well, yeah, no, because well, like Garen, well, no, because her her oh, son. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Vito Corleone, or which one? No, she named him after one of the Corleone. Okay. I but mean, anyway, it's based on a true story. It's ba- like he, yeah. he it's like was, Narcos with Pablo Escobar. Because right. he was trying to sue Netflix for using some of the footage that oh. they gave him. Something like that. It was like, I'm, I might have the story wrong, but one of her son's last names is Corleone something. Blanco or whatever. It is good. I've watched so it's a few really episodes good. on it. It's yeah. really good. And that Sofia Vergara is like the star and how they, they kind of made her. They tried to make her look like... Uh, Griselda Blanco, they didn't do a. That's good a different job. kind of role for her. She doesn't yeah. do those kind like, of stuff. Yeah, it was it was really good, man. It was really really good. All right, let's talk to Scott and King Approach. What's up, Scott? Hey guys. Hey good Scott. You. you too, buddy. So, what are you feeling? So you know your call's going bad when you hear Hugh kind of heckling you in the background under his breath <laughs> every word that you say. So hopefully that won't happen here. Um, no, I, I think like you're good. Scott. You're probably good. You're probably good. So. All right, just checking. I, I like the Buddy Hale tra- trade. Um, I like bringing in shooters. I know JoJo's not going to be back this year to play with him, but I think you get a good look at him, and you get a good look at if he's a good fit. And I think if he is a good fit, like I think he will be, I think there's a chance that he gets resigned and then bring him back. So. I, I like this deal. I think it helps now, and it has the potential to help in the future. And you didn't really give anything up. Yeah, think? Scott, I think uh, the healed idea is an interesting one, that he'll be back, that he could be a six-man next year, shooter next year. And if you think about what they could acquire, like, all right, they have Maxi, they'll have him beat. If they get, uh, let's say, a, a guy that replaces Tobias, a Pascal Siakam, like, healed would fit with that, Elliot, well, like, into the thing, future. One yeah. thing this helped with is the Sixers are one of the lowest teams in the league in three-point attempts, which is obviously yeah. the most important shot. 27th in, in, in the yeah. league, I think. Uh, since 2017, um, uh, only one player in the NBA has made more three-pointers, and that's Steph Curry. So he, he, is, he is one of the most prolific and best three-point shooters in the NBA. Do Buddy you think that there, do you think that there's been a player that has been more rumored to be traded to a Philadelphia team than him over the past 
I don't know what five. Six yeah, I've wanted Buddy Heald on the Sixers pretty much since he was draft eligible. He was at yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he he Scott, it's it's a really good point. Now we've talked. I feel like his name for him being a you know a solid but not great NBA player comes up more around this time of year or in the summer than any of those kind of players. Scott, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. What movie are we talking about? All right, so Hugh and I are about the same age, and this is a recent remake, and I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I heard a voice inside my head that maybe it was Hugh. I don't know. Maybe he mentioned it on the air, but I think it's Godzilla. Oh, that's, that's another good guess. Not it, but a good one. All right, oh, Hugh, okay. it's a good guess. Scott, uh, good, good, good call there. Hugh, I think you should give everyone a second clue now. We have Angelo coming in a few minutes, so we'll do a little segment with Angelo, and we'll get back to all the phones. But why don't you give people a second clue now so they could kind of think about it before we get back all right, to all the calls. All right, and then let you give you something to think about. The first one was this sci-fi remake was better than the original. Like it. And this movie set VHS records. Well, that gives you a little sense of the yeah, time let period. Yeah, a little context clues right there, context clues. Probably right. was not. Probably didn't come out you know, last year if we're doing the VHS nah, thing. All right. VHS. 215-592-9494. Tons to get to on the show. We will get to some Eagles and the anniversary of today, what it means as we look forward with the team. Elliot's at the breaking news desk on all things Sixers. Buddy Heald is in. Probably more to come. Angelo Cataldi going to join us next. I wonder what he thinks about the idea of Andy Reid becoming the greatest coach of all time. We'll discuss it all. 215-592-9494. Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sick and tired of achy joints? Yeah, me too. That's why I went to QC Kinetics. And you guess what, everybody? My knees are feeling so much better. It used to be an issue when I would sit in this chair every day and try to get up out of it, you know, getting up, you know, standing up and everything, and my knees was creaking and everything. But that's not anymore because when I went to QC Kinetics yesterday, I got my, my, my procedure and everything. My knees feel so much better, so much so that I think I will run in that, that marathon. Might do the Broad Street run. Looks like that might be in my future. It feels so good. My knees feel so good. And if you work out, this would be a great workout. This would be a great plan for you. This is not a Band-Aid that I'm talking about, folks. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. Your body has what it needs to, to heal and repair itself. And at QC Kinetics, they can make that happen for you. This is no drugs, no surgery, and there is no downtime. The future of pain treatment has arrived. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetic providers have treated a ton of satisfied patients all over America. And you could be one of them. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with arthritis or any injury that you have. Give my friends at QC Kinetics a call at 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. One more time, 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Check them out. Welcome back. Midday show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Elliot Shore Parks in the breaking news booth on NBA trade deadline day. Buddy Heald to Sixers. Any more to come, we will talk about. But we're joined right now in studio by a special guest, Angelo Cataldi. Angelo, stay away. welcome back. Bored. He's this, getting bored. I know. This was, Hugh, Hugh was saying you'd be back. I mean, he's been saying this. See, I work with Douglas a number of years <laughs> on the morning show, and 
Even there, he often twisted the truth mm-hmm. like he is doing right now. <laughs> I am more than delighted to be retired, fellas. I am merely back at the old homestead because I'm doing some spots for a gentleman I met. In the book, Loud, which I'm not, I, the book tour is over, so I'm not trying to sell that, but it is available on AngeloCatali.com and Amazon. Uh, but uh, a guy named uh, Dr. Leon Rosenberg came along, and he had heard, he read the book, and I got a whole bunch of emails from people who were dealing with the things I was dealing with during the time I was on the air, and that was uh, clinical depression, anxiety, stuff like that. And uh, he is doing, he does some brilliant work in studying, you know, what's going on and how to help people. And he works with people. He's a psychiatrist. And uh, I'm doing some spots for him. So that's what brought me back to old WIP. And it's great to be back. Well, we're glad to have you. And you said they're twi- happy to have twisting you. the truth. I mean, Angela, you taught us to do that. I mean, <laughs> we're just doing what you laid the groundwork. So we're, we're just trying to, you know, do what you did. Angela, there's a lot going on here in Philadelphia sports. We'll get to the Sixer stuff and, and Sirianni being retained with new quarters. But, Angela, I got to ask you, you're here on a week that Andy Reid is back in Your the Super Bowl. Your favorite coach ever. So let me throw this at you. Where do you lie on, on this premise that if Reid wins this one, and he coaches for, I don't know, five don't more years. Do don't do that. Favorite, for five, favorite coach Five ever. more years with yeah. Patrick Mahomes wins, I don't yeah. know, a couple more. That, you know, when this is all said and done, Reed goes down as the greatest coach in pro football <laughs> Look history. Look at him cringing I know, already. I see it. Oh, greatest coach. Don't do that, Jesus. I see the First path. All, I see it. It seems to me that Pat Mahomes should go down as the greatest coach in, 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 in uh, <laughs> no. NFL history <laughs> since he won all these. Reed didn't win a damn thing when but um, he him. When, when you Douglas's <laughs> buddy Donovan McNabb was here, right? So I guess once he had a guy who knew how to do, who knew how to manage the clock without worrying about Reed on the sideline, who knew how to call the right place, how to improv on the biggest moments, then he was okay. Now, he is getting (laughs) way too much credit. The only thing that's holding me back but fully hating him is I do like Taylor Swift and I enjoy seeing her up in the box. Oh, so you're you're into this Chiefs thing then? I am. No, uh, I'm not into the Chiefs thing. But who are you rooting for on Sunday? I am rooting for... Come I on! Hate the night of the Devo. Well, that means that you're ready for, for Kansas City. What? Kansas City. Reed. Kansas City and Reed. I I may place a wager and I'll root on whoever that is. Oh, I'm okay. Still looking at the numbers, but let me just say <laughs> my hatred for Andy Reed has not diminished one iota in the past year. Not one iota, and I still he ruined my retirement. You understand? I was going to leave the day of the parade where the Eagles won, and they were up ten. And then he won. Damn it. Angelo, do you think there's any chance that he'd be doing this if he stayed here? You know, he could have drafted no. Mahomes here. No. He, he drafted him. He was four, what was he, four and 12? Four and 12 that last year. No, he's done. They, they, the real, he, wherever Mahomes went, Mahomes is going to win these. But what if he Mahomes, drafted him here? He wouldn't have. Okay. I don't believe he would have. I don't know. It would have been nice. We could have all loved Mahomes. I know. That would have worked out. It would have been awesome. That would have been great, but it didn't happen. And and now I would just like, uh, I would like him to retire so <laughs> then I can really retire because my hatred for him has never abated. I understand Not one that. Bit. All right, then you'll enjoy this. Let, let, this clip came out a couple of days ago. Sante Samuel, who signed here you know, all those yep. years ago and was a really good player, he was talking about the Reed and McNabb thing here in Philadelphia and what struck him when he signed, left the Patriots, came to Philadelphia. Listen to Asante Samuel, because he puts a lot of blame on both Donovan and Reed for how it happened. And he run the play with nobody out there, no defense or no one. And the guy just say he runs a dig, 10 yards and in. Donovan McNabb throws the ball into the dirt 
and doesn't make and doesn't complete the pass. So these things would go on a lot in practice and no one would say anything. And so now I'm just sick of the dirt passes. It is driving me crazy. So I to the light alone, go upstairs. Hey, Coach Reed, I got to talk with you, man. I just got a problem out there at practice, Coach Win. What about when you're out there calling plays and quarterback? He's, he can't complete the ball with no one out there. He's throwing the ball in the dirt. And, and Coach Reed looked at me in my eyes and said, Sante, it's your job. It's your job to discipline and reprimand any other players on the team. That's y'all job. The leaders take care of that. I was so confused. I was looking at Andy like, <laughs> so you're not going to say nothing? Angelo, your reaction. Asante spilling the beans there. The Donovan in practice making mistakes. Andy not correcting him. Uh, he said this last week, did he? Uh, this was Something earlier there. this week or last week on a podcast. Yep. Uh, I'm not the program director here. He's got a slot on my <laughs> WIP. Uh, uh, he's on the show. He's on some show. That is a truth teller. That's what you call keeping it real. That's no, he, all he kept it real. True. That's a hundred. Is that not true, Douglas? I look at it like this because a lot of times, and I understand where Asante's coming from, and and I understand his indictment of Coach Reed. But a lot of times, and we've heard this especially this year, when you talk about guys police the locker room and losing the locker room and things of that nature, there's only so much the coach can do. And when I look at Asante Samuels in the time that he was here in Philadelphia. There is nothing nobody on this team could have said to Asante Samuels that if, if he put the hammer down, that they wouldn't have followed him because he was a Super Bowl champion All at right. that point. So I, 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 I understand where Coach Reed is coming from when he says you need to police Donovan. Right, I do understand here's, that. Here's the thing I want to understand. I want to apply this to what just happened with the Eagles. All right? mm-hmm. They had as great a leadership core as a team could ever have. They had Brendan Graham. Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. Pillars of the organization for over a decade. And they still fell apart. Should I be blaming those players for the fact that the culture went to hell? Or should I blame the coach? You know what, Angelo, to your point, I think that because either they did not – well, they allowed the behavior because they didn't say anything. So I think there is some, some blame to lay on the players. You know why? Because there was a lot of guys – that used innuendo okay. when they talked about it. Because we heard it in the paper when, when you had these anonymous quotes and everything like that. Like sometimes you have to do things, in my opinion, that are uncomfortable. And I, and I said this to Joe when we started hearing questions, we started hearing stuff leak out the locker room. I said somebody needs to have an uncomfortable moment and somebody needs to probably get slapped across the lips. There needs to be a moment where somebody needs to step up and say, this is not where we're going. And we need to correct this. And nobody did it. So, yeah, to, to a certain extent, I do blame the player. Sounds like he's letting Sirianni off the hook, yeah. letting Reed off the hook. There's one more part of this. Kyle, let's hear the other part of this with Asante Samuel. He basically says if Reed did a better job, Andy, there'd be, there'd be another Super Bowl here. Let's listen to it. We're in the, we're in the, a, we're in the NFC Championship in Arizona. I can never forget. It was about three plays. Don, Deshaun Jackson was Wide open, run, ran right past everybody. And just like practice, the ball fell short right into the dirt on like three plays that were touchdowns. And we would have won the game easily. All he got to do is hit Deshaun Jackson two out of the three times, maybe one out of the times, and it changes everything. I mean, he was so wide open, man, he would still be running for a touchdown. So Andy Reid would have won more Super Bowls if – 
we were able to apply more discipline to Donovan McNabb. Mm. If we were able to 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 hold him accountable more and not treat him like a baby. That hits. That hits uh, at no, the end there. That, that hits. And, and, and there is some, I, and, and I will say this, there is some truth to that. But when you get to a point where, you know, you, you've led the inmates run the asylum for so long and you bring in, you're trying to bring in somebody that's going to be a help hold everybody accountable. Yeah. That's why you bring in a guy like Asante Samuels because he uh-huh. has the rings. He has, he's been somewhere that you're trying to get. So I get that. But yeah, to your point, uh-huh. coach kind of let that, that whole thing go. See, even though I'm retired, my brain still thinks, like, let's have a big moment. Yep. Here's what you need. And I'm, I guess uh, that smack-ass McNabb, he goes on the <laughs> afternoon show, right? He does the afternoon McNabb show. McNabb does a spot with the afternoon show. you got to book him, and you got to play those cuts for him and listen to him squirm as basically a teammate of his is saying he wasn't a winner. Ah, oh, that is delightful Saying he radio. cost them a delightful championship. radio. That's Unbelievable. That's, that's strong. Help somebody get... McNabb on the line. I want him to hear this stuff. Can we get McNabb and Asante at the same time? Now oh, that and then, no, you backdoor yeah, McNabb. Right. We don't, he doesn't Asante. know he's on. Yeah. No, and they go, oh, wait a minute, Donovan. Look who just called in. Asante Samuel. I don't know if Asante wants that. Hugh, stuff. I think you, you, <laughs> we, I don't know, y'all you gotta seen, set this one up. Y'all here. haven't seen Donovan lately. Donovan been working out. Donovan Donovan Yeah, yeah Donovan. About pretty, time pretty he got in shape. Jacked he wasn't in shape when he was here. He's not fluffy. Oh, he's jacked. He's definitely not fluffy. All right, Angelo, speaking of coaching. And oh, leadership. Man. What's your take on uh, how the Eagles have assembled this coaching staff? That they, they, wow. they parade Sirianni out there two weeks ago. Yep. They they tell us the nine day wait was because there was snow and they got home late from a game, not that they were deciding <laughs> whether to keep the guy or not. And then they basically tell us he's not in charge of the offense anymore. He's just here. Kellen Moore is now gonna be the guy. What do you make all this? I don't know what just here means. He is uh <laughs> we here's what we know. Sirianni has no authority over the offense. In fact, Kellen Moore is picking his own staff, right? So the head coach has nothing to do with the offense. We already know he's a lousy uh, uh, play caller because Sirianni demoted himself from that two years ago, three years ago, all right? So we know he's not doing that. He doesn't do defense, all right? He said his offense, by the way, was stale. So Douglas, how did your offense get stale in three years with one of the best quarterbacks in the game, unless you're basically saying there's no creativity left in your yeah, brain. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that because right. especially when you talk oh. about the uh, the bye week. Right. M- normally, when you go into the bye week, you do a self-evaluation, self-scout yourself, and you try to make sure that you don't have certain tendencies right. that teams tend to pick up on. And it just never seemed like this team evolved at any point once they got to that – after they got to that 10-game plateau – it never seemed like they evolved at all. They did and the not. biggest issue we had for weeks was the fact that we couldn't pick up a blitz for nothing. Couldn't pick one up. Nothing. And that's the coaching. All he's right, the so head coach. He so he's no good on offense. He's no good on defense. He's not going to do anything with special teams, right? Oh, well, he'll do a lot of the big decisions in the moment. No, he won't. The Eagles use the analytics, and the head of that department happens to be the son of the owner, uh, uh, Julian Lurie, so he's not going to make that fourth and two. Let me see what Julian's chart says. Okay, we'll go for it here. That guy's up. So it comes down to culture. How did that work out Yeah, that year? went bad at the end so of the season. So explain to me exactly why he's here. Well, he tried to explain. Angela, have you ever heard a question answered like this? Because I never have. It's not just the question, which in itself is kind of like, wow, this was yep. asked. But the answer, he says, I guess. He doesn't even know. Listen, this was when they brought him back and they have the press <laughs> yeah, conference. Bad. Basically, what do you do around here? The offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense. 
What is your role going to be? The head coach of the What's, football what team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess what you know it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now um you know if that mean i'll sit more into defensive meetings at times maybe right instead of always being in an offensive meeting maybe i go to a defensive meeting here and there um but my job is to be the head coach of the team not the head coach of the offense not the head coach of the yeah, defense that, not the head coach. Here. i've heard enough oh my he God. said i Ma- guess he maybe. doesn't right. even know right. Joe, you asked me a question just before we came out that was a great question you said, what was the worst news conference? The one he did the first when he was mm-hmm. here or the one he did then? The answer is that one. And that's <laughs> saying something. I'm going to tell you something. There was a moment in that, and I got an 82-inch screen, high definition, right? Ooh. And I know nice he's TV. a Humble brag. Humble brag. While he was doing it. <laughs> no, I, I, let me tell you, I'm high tech. And, and, I mean, and, Hugh's going to be coming over for fo- football. And weekend. here's why I can really identify this stuff. So I'm going. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually humming. He got no strings. No <laughs> Pinocchio. And, and I'm going, let me see if his nose grows at any point during a news cut. And somebody asked him if it was his decision to demote, decide, mm. and, bring in, and bring in Patricia. And he said, yeah. One and one quarter inch, <laughs> his nose grew when he said that. See, on our TVs, we couldn't see that. Yeah, no, we don't have that high def. No. You got to have is, a high def TV to see this that. This is puppetry to a whole new level here. That man is a complete puppet to the uh, the ownership. Uh, I got to ask one other thing, though, because I'm a little out of loop. On it. Mm-hmm. So it took nine days to hold this news conference. Remember, right? there was snow one day. So that's uh, Snow one day. <laughs> but did it? the owner who has to sign off on all this? After the Eagles had imploded in Tampa, where did he go? He, he went to go shopping. pick up a Yakata. He picked up a Yakata. Now, look, I am not here to denigrate the crack PR staff <laughs> of the Philadelphia Eagles, all right? But that seems like a bad look after I your agree. team. After your team collapses, you get on your private jet and fly to St. Martin to purchase. Um, multi multi billion dollar yacht. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to defend Mr. Lurie, but I I would assume that if you're ordering a Yakata, then you 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 probably ordered that months ago, and and that was the delivery day. But wait, but he set luck. the he set the delivery date the day after they're going to get eliminated. Tells me he yeah. knew the team sucked. <laughs> See, so don't do that. Don't, said, oh, don't we'll do be that. Done late we're out. We're <laughs> second round. We're not going. Or there. maybe he thought that this team was going to get it together. And that they right. oh a bye week maybe all right, I see you know, what you're going with here. Is, no I'm just saying yeah. you, you, you like to spin no things. I'm not spinning it it's no. both, now I got I'm getting no. it from both sides no. today Listen, <laughs> you're a bigger lap dog now than see, you I knew, when I were see I knew it was coming I knew it, it was, was coming. inevitable no I'm just trying to say that maybe the the, the timing of him ordering oh. it was was just kind of like he had to pick it up on that day maybe let me give you an alternative theory in 30 years as the owner here. No one has ever said no to Jeff Lurie. No one has ever said, Jeff, you might not be right this time. So he does whatever the hell he pleases. He's totally out of the loop of the fan base, which was all we were all suffering when that collapse finally finished and that debacle in Tampa. 
and he's out checking yachts. Yeah, that was. Not a good luck. No, and then they roll out and they say the snow caused the nine-day delay. Did That's we, what they did. All right, let's take some uh, calls while Angelo's here. Did we yeah. see the yacht, though? Was it a nice yacht? We didn't see the yacht yet. Oh, I, Let me oh, look right, and see if a... I can find pictures on the oh, end. You will search that. The whole front end is made with personal <laughs> seat license. <laughs> yes. Everyone listening's money was, was used on All that yacht. All of it. <laughs> let's talk to Ken, who's at Cinemits. And hey, Ken. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? Hey, Ken. What's up? Well, first of all, um, that just uh, Jeffrey's little shopping trip just proves that billionaires' priorities are in a place where none of us will ever uh, will ever be able to understand. So, um, Angelo, I hope you're enjoying your retirement because I want you to stay there. Okay. Um, you know, listen, <laughs> you couldn't have found a more objective critic of Donna McNabb to come on and talk about Donna McNabb than Angela. When I think of Him objective and- uh, takes on Donna, I, mean, I think of exactly Angela. Right, yeah, think right about- down the middle. <laughs> I, I, we, him, and 30, him and thirty other him and thirty other idiots went up to New York to boo the drafting of the the most prolific quarterback in the history of the franchise because they wanted a running back instead. Well, I believe I believe a, I believe the booing was for not drafting Ricky Williams. Am I right about so, that? That is a hundred percent. You need semantics. to read my book, Ken. You're not informed. We went up there at the You're behest right. of our mayor. We were just doing what You're, the mayor wanted. Being good citizens is what I think we, we call that. Being good citizens. <laughs> so, so doing anything football related at the, hest, at the behest of Ed Rendell is not a strong argument. Um, <laughs> it's and, best and, I got. And, you know, <laughs> you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to justify why you went up there and booed the guy, um, so that you'll you'll latch on any criticism of you can. The fact is that he's the most prolific quarterback in the history of the franchise. Uh, I actually sat next to Ricky Williams on a on a flight from Vancouver to Los Angeles a few years ago, and actually that came up in the conversation because I said to him, "I'm not sure if you know this, but you're you're a big star in Philadelphia for a lot of different reasons." <laughs> That's funny. That is. Did he, he have any idea? And he he knew all about it. And his exact words to me were, "He was a great player. I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame." Wow. Now. That's a legitimate conversation to have, right, one way or the other. But to spend the rest of your life trying to say, A, we didn't really boo the guy, right, on the biggest day of his life, like he's going to be able to differentiate, well, they're not booing me, and B, trying to watch on to any criticism you can find to justify the fact that you and 30 other stooges went up there to the draft to to boo the drafting of, of, of Don McNabb. Right. But here, we're, but here right. it is. We're Hold still on. talking about I would it. Like to, I would like to, uh, first of all, it was not 30 stooges. It was 29. I was the 30th stooge. <laughs> That's number one. I'm sorry. I want to clarify that. And furthermore, I did personally, face-to-face, apologize to McNabb several times. The only reason I retracted the apology is he did not seem uh, open-minded if you will. Mm. I Let me tell you something right now, Ken. That kid worked his ass off to make it to the NFL. He was the second pick in the entire draft. And he walked out and got basically blindsided by a boo he did not deserve. All right? I want to be clear on that. I, I, I said it in a book and I'll say it now. It was bad the way it worked out. But he at some point needed to move on from that Instead of carrying around a grudge or being so sensitive, he would have been a more successful quarterback if he were less sensitive in a city that takes everything that happens on the Eagles incredibly seriously. Ken, it's, it's but a it was fair stupid. debate phone call. Ken, if all you needed, if you needed me to say it was stupid, 
I now fully acknowledge to you it was one of the dumbest things that has ever happened in the fan base of Philadelphia. And yet we're still talking about it 24, See, 25 years later. Yeah. to it like a radio guy, and I guess as long as you get attention, it's good. No, I feel horrible. Do you really feel horrible, though? I did for a while. Now I've got over it. Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, Time yeah, heals happened. all yeah, wounds, happened, dude. Happened, I got over it. All right, listen. Let's, let's grab one more. Chris in Northeast Philly. Angela was right all along. It's like the opposite of the Ken call. What's up, Chris? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Chris. What's what are you thinking? On? Hey, Angelo, uh, you, Joe, Angelo, what's up, guys? Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, today kind of proves that, that um, and normally, Angelo, I, I normally, with your sports takes, I tend to get frustrated sometimes, but, you know, I got to give you your props. You know, back in 2016, you sat here on the, in the morning and you screamed that the Sixers should have taken Buddy Heald over Ben Simmons, and I guess today proves that, you know, you were right all along, I guess. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, Chris, now you're talking about the sport I'm the best versed in, mm. and that's basketball. NBA guy. And I had done extensive film study of Buddy Heald. I had watched uh, one or two of the NCAA games that year. I remember one time yeah. I came in, you were just grinding Oklahoma tape, and I was like, what are you oh doing? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's all I do. I grind. <laughs> I grind. Well, I do. I had to replace my uh, my computer because it was overused. Mm. But uh, in the end, no, Buddy Heald, I fell in love with him in the tournament that mm-hmm. year, and, and, uh, and I hated Simmons from day one. Because Simmons just had that aura that I'm better than you. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not fully committed to this job, even when they pay me $100 billion. So I was right about that. I'm thrilled they got him. I just don't know that it's going to matter unless Embiid somehow heals miraculously and could be Embiid in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what they need. That's all it's going to be. Chris, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. What movie are we talking about today? All right, Hugh, how about uh, based on the clues? I'm going to go at Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Oh, that was another good guess. Yeah, you're giving Hugh future Hughes Clues yes, potential. that was a good guess, but no, that wasn't. Not it, Chris, but we appreciate it. All right, Angela, we appreciate you uh, hopping in. And again, you were doing a spot today for who? Dr. Leon Rosenberg, who's actually standing right there. If you need, because I noticed during the break you're a little down yourself mm. there, Joe. Uh, maybe you talk to Dr. Leon. All right, well, he's a nice guy. Uh, he is a great guy, and i got to tell you something. It's 866-DOC-LEON, and we'll be doing some spots for him that you'll be hearing in the weeks and months ahead. Great stuff. And thank you, guys. Great to be back at the old homestead. Appreciate you having us. You'll, you you'll be back. In. Yeah. I'm not Douglas. This is <laughs> He's it. He's calling it again. Douglas, you'll be this back. This is it, Douglas. Oh, yeah, you'll uh, be we'll back. We'll see you soon, Never Angelo. see my face again. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> Wait till football season Yeah, he'll be starts. back. All right, Angelo, have a great one. Enjoy rooting for the Chiefs and Taylor Swift on All right. Sunday. All right, 215-592-9494. We'll come back. Your phone calls, Hughes Clues. More on the Sixers trade deadline day. And, of course, some Eagles as well. That's next. Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny 2. And this time you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes a shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether your team make or team miss, just head to FanDuel Sportsbook to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New to FanDuel? Just visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP.
Yeah, changes are going on. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. I guess changes in some ways. Some things remain the same, like Angelo on WIP. We appreciate him. He'll be back. Hopping in with us there for a segment. Great stuff. Always fun hanging out and talking to Angelo. All right, it is trade deadline day. So what, we have three hours to go before Daryl Morey's got to uh, finish his uh, his performance today. So yes, far, put it together. Yeah, let's recap what's happened. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's talk about what's happened so far. Your take on it? Are the Sixers do enough? Do you want more? And are you okay with kind of uh, this in between that they're doing? Because they're not going after anything big or happened so far, but they do seem to be trying here. And of course, uh, we'll reset you up again for Hughes clues. Elliot, who's with us today? Elliot Shore Parks in the breaking news booth. So if people just hopped in with us, so what have we had so far? Buddy Heald and an opening of a roster spot or yeah, two? Yeah, so, so so far Buddy Heald is is obviously coming to Philadelphia. They traded three second-round picks as well as Marcus Morris and uh, Furkan Korkmaz to get him and then also traded Daniel House to the Pistons. So as a result, Buddy Heald coming in, three players going out, and so they'll have two roster spots. Still three hours to go until the trade deadline. Um Toby could be moved. It's still a potential possibility. But as of right now, only Buddy Heald added to the team. Hugh, what's your reaction so far? Buddy Heald, and then they open up a roster spot, and there's uh, there's some speculation that Kyle Lowry is going to take one of those spots because he was bought out in, after a trade recently. I'm optimistic on holding the fort. I mean, it doesn't feel like uh, – what was that? Uh, what was that? The Alamo. It doesn't feel like the Alamo if that's what, you, you, what you're thinking. I think that they have enough. They'll, they'll have enough to be competitive. Until Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid comes back. You mean defend the Alamo? Yeah, that's what I was. Trying I haven't to say. heard that. Ter- I haven't heard. Like, <laughs> you looked at me like. Well, what the I hell just. Is he well, I was about? trying to figure out what you meant. I mean, <laughs> I. Well, well, you okay? Yeah, I guess it doesn't feel. You know, because I when I thought about it, and I know how you think about this, and I'm like, no, oh, this doesn't feel like an Alamo move. You know, when you go get Davy Crockett and all those no, other. No, I cats. think we should work that into the show more. <laughs> I think we need more references to the Alamo. I, I mean, when was the last time you heard an Alamo reference? Well, I mean, hold on. Uh, isn't the whole idea to n- not forget the Alamo? You forgot the you broke rule you number forgot. one. You're supposed to always remember the Alamo, Joe. I mean, it took place in 1830. Uh, it was a long time ago. Almost 200 years since the Alamo. Remember the Alamo? Look at you doing that quick math. Well, I mean, Wikipedia's <laughs> in front of me here. All right, 215-592-9494. I don't want the Sixers to go any further. I'll take the Buddy Heel thing. I don't want to trade away any real picks. Elliot, I know when we started the show today, you were looking for more. I assume two hours in, you want more? Yeah, this isn't enough. I mean, Buddy Heald is a nice addition. Kyle Lowry would be a fun story. I do think there would be some positives to bringing him back. But this is not enough to change the outcome of the Sixer season so far. They still have a chance to do that. Murray is right there. There was rumors the Pelicans were going to trade for him. Those talks broke down. The Lakers have been rumored to him. Those talks That's broke down. Those, those talks broke down. So with three hours to go, if the Sixers want to change the outcome of the season, and that should be their goal. They mm. should not punt on this season. Joel will be back. Maxi needs help for the rest of the season. The East only has one great team in it. So with three hours to go, they have to go out and make more moves. They haven't traded any of their first-round picks. They haven't traded Tobias Harris. They still have major assets to go out and make a move. Where's the line for everyone? Would you, Elliot? Would you trade from their their first round pick stash? Mm-hmm. Would you would you use a first oh, round pick? Yeah. I, I, I would not. I'm willing to trade multiple first round picks if it's returning the right player. I think Murray is that right player. I think there's other options out there. If you want to look go for a surprise name, Paul George has not re-signed with the Clippers. He's set to be a free agent. But they're half the, the amount of the first no, place in the West. It would be a shock. Yeah. I, I don't think it's it's likely. But I mean, that, I, that's a big name. Yeah, right. Jimmy Butler. I mean, there was rumblings last week that maybe you know the Heat would be willing to move him. So I think there's some potential shocking names out there. But if you can go and get Murray as well as Bogdan uh, for 
from the Hawks, someone that also shoots at a high clip, someone that has playoff experience, and add those two to the roster with Buddy Heald, I mean, then when a B comes back, you're talking about a team that can really compete for the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I'm absolutely dipping into those first-round picks if I have the chance to add Murray. Yeah, I would wait. I would hold him to the offseason. I don't think Maxie's ready to be a two on a championship team. I don't know what I'm getting out of Embiid. And this team very likely could be in the play-in. 215-592-9494. Of course, along with all this, we have Hughes Clues. couple couple um, clues out there ready, Hughes. So a sci-fi movie that you enjoyed the remake more? Yes. And... This thing uh, set VHS records in yes. its day. So you want a third clue? Go ahead. Give a third clue. This movie was made, well, it was set in Detroit. The backdrop was Detroit. Ooh, all right. Sci-fi, VHS records, the backdrop in Detroit. That's got to narrow it down because I'm not sure how many movies were set in Detroit. That I'm doesn't seem not like a desirable a location. Yeah, Chicago, New York, or L.A., right? Yeah. Miami. I yeah. mean, what is, what's Detroit got going for it? Um... The Lions now? I yeah, guess. I mean, doesn't doesn't Elliot refuse to go to Detroit when when the Eagles play? Are there? you out on Detroit? No, I've been to Detroit. Oh. There's one time I believe I missed the game. Oh. That's, well, what that's where that came from. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know how these rumors. You do it once, exactly. you're locked in yes. for life, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the Lions here. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Mike in North Philly. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going tonight? Good, what's Mike. What's up? What are you feeling? Uh, listen, I wanted to talk about Asante Samuel, but mm-hmm. first, much respect and love to you, Hugh. You're an Eagles legend. But it's really, it's, to me, it's kind of embarrassing for Asante Samuel, who's had such a great career, so accomplished, to go out and not have the wherewithal to realize how bad that defense played in that championship game and to try to blame it on Donovan McNabb when Larry Fitzgerald left the three touchdowns, 150-some yards, Kurt Warner's throwing 75%. Just not to be able to realize that and just, I guess, go out and say these things for clicks and impressions because people don't like Donovan McNabb, and you're going to have guys like Cataldi who just want to dump on McNabb and not recognize his greatness for what it was. Listen, he had his shortcomings. Don't get me wrong on that. But to blame that Cardinals game on McNabb's feet when he went down and got that lead at the end of the game, did he not? He did, but he also, if I my memory serves, threw an interception and had a fumble loss. He turned the ball he, over twice. Did he miss Hank Baskett, too, yeah. for what should have been a touchdown? Listen, and uh, once again, I'm not trying to say he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. He had his shortcomings. Every guy's going to miss a play or two here during the game. But when you look at that, right, to try to blame that whole game on him and not have the wherewithal to say, hey, Kurt Warner went 21 and 28 on us and threw four touchdowns. We couldn't stop a running nose. 32 points in the playoffs back then was a lot of points to give up. So I think just to go on there and say that, it's just, it, it's so easy his legacy for me a little bit for a guy that I had a lot of respect for and who was such an accomplished player, you know, for him to not have that perspective and just dump on McNabb like that, you know, as a former teammate, I, I don't know, that just didn't sit with me the right way. And I really haven't seen people saying that online. So, Hugh, what do you yeah. make of uh, like specifically the, that game, right? And that, that situation where the defense gave up a lot, but Donovan gets the blame for it. See, I, I didn't, I didn't watch that game. I, I took more of what, what Asante was saying. And to Mike's point, like, the thing that I, I tried to do, because, Mike, I'm not going to lie, I, I felt the same way that you felt when I read it, but the one thing that I'm going to always try to do, especially when it comes to former players, I don't care how great you were or how bad you were, I'm going to try to give you grace, and I'm going to try to answer the question in a way where I'm not attacking you personally. And that's the reason why I chose the route that I did. But to your point, yeah, I know Asante Samuels does his podcast, and he's trying to get clicks, and I also know that he, he wants to be a Hall of Fame player. 
So you you had we're in a space now where the reality of the situation is we all say things that we that we want to to incite people to 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 communicate about. So to your point, yeah, there's some truth to that. But when it comes to the fact that, you know, when you talk about being a leader in the locker room and things of that nature, uh, I think it was on Asante's job was to help Donovan become a better quarterback instead of running upstairs, in my opinion, to Andy Reid and telling on everybody. That that's where I will go with that. Mike, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. Uh, with the Detroit, uh, I think is it Robocop. Got it. Detroit felt like the one. That felt like the one. Mike, congratulations. We'll get you on hold and get you the uh, setup for the prize. You just won a Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa gift card. Good for a 50-minute massage or facial. A gift card to relax at Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa makes the perfect Valentine's Day gift for anyone. All right, look, we haven't had a real chance to react to the uh, Asante thing. We played it for Angela just to get Angela's reaction because we knew we'd had fun with that. So our last caller is not wrong. The defense had got up a lot of points in that game. But the truth is, Donovan was outplayed by a lot of quarterbacks in the biggest game, right? Yeah. He was outplayed by Warner in 08. He was outplayed by Brady in the Super Bowl. He was outplayed by Del Holm in the title game. He was outplayed by Brad Johnson in the title game. He was outplayed by Warner yeah, that one, in the that, title that game. Brad Johnson, not the Brad Johnson one, but the Del Holm one. Yeah, yeah that Holm, one hurt. Yeah. He was outplayed by those guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, Elliot, it's always interesting because the defense never does get any blame. And in the Arizona one, they probably should get a lot of the blame. They mm-hmm. get allowed a lot of points. But the truth is Donovan didn't play his best in the biggest games of his career. So I agree with that. But he still is the best uh, quarterback in the history of the franchise. I mean, I think this past Eagles season should really put into perspective what Donovan did. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They lost, right? And obviously Donovan did that, and he had a bad year after that. But to go to four straight championship games, I mean, look how much, not easy to do. Not man. easy to do, and I think we take it for granted sometimes because this Eagles team in this last you know five six years or even seven years, they've been to the playoffs six out of seven years. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've won a Super Bowl. It's been a, a great stretch. That stretch of going to four straight championship games, they haven't accomplished that. So I think while McNabb certainly did get outplayed in those games, and there were other things as well. But to accomplish that, I think, is, is very underrated. We view that as almost kind of a, a stain on his reputation mm. that he lost those championship games. I think it's actually a tremendous accomplishment to, to do that year after year after year. Does the Reed success without him change the Donovan story a little bit? Or no, for you? Like, like when it was here, it was, it was almost chicken way? or the egg. Like, whose yeah. fault was it that they couldn't get over the top? As time has gone on, Reed's got a better quarterback, and he wins. Yeah, I, I think it's always it's always the quarterback. Much like when talking about this past Eagle season, I thought that the issue was Jalen Hurts. I didn't think the issue was the coaching. Now, neither was good enough. Both had to be better. But I thought Jalen was a bigger issue than the coaching. If you look in Kansas City, I think Reed deserves a ton of credit. He hired Spagnola, who's a huge part of what they do. But Mahomes is why that team's special. Is why that team is special. Much like Tom Brady is why the Patriots were special. Now Bill Belichick is out of a job. So if you look at uh, Andy Reid's time here in Philadelphia. Ton of credit for what he did. Uh, he was, did a pretty good job hiring staff. Obviously accomplished a ton. But McNabb, too. I mean, McNabb deserves a lot of credit for what happened. Hugh, when you were here with Donovan, obviously that 08 team you were not part of. You were, you were done in the NFL at that point. But that when you were here, was Donovan... Like, what was it like in practice with Donovan? Was he a guy that was particular with his work ethic, or did it seem like, nah, not really? You know, to be honest, Joe, that that wasn't a side of the ball that I watched okay. because I was kind of focusing on the defense. There were some quirks and mannerism that Donovan had that, that probably rubbed people the wrong way. But like I said, if Asante Samuels came in with the cachet that he had after winning the Super Bowl and that's how he felt, 
I feel like if he would have said that to Donovan, that was that's a course correct, that's easy. The one thing that you can't be, especially on a team of your teammates, of your peers, you can't be thin-skinned because there are going to be days where folks tell you about yourself that you might not want to hear, but you got to hear it, especially if it's for the greater good. And if you feel, I feel like this, if Asante felt that strong about it, then damn it, he should have did something about it. Instead of running upstairs, like I said, instead of running upstairs and, and telling on Donovan or going to Coach Reed, that's my opinion about that. In your time as a player, did you find players policing each other was more impactful than coaching? Yes. Yeah. And, and, so and, that's what Andy was trying to say to him. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, and I tell this story, and it's, it's, it's basically policing. When, when Jeremiah Trotter, <clears throat> and I always tell it in a joking matter, but when he was like, man, play the run better. Like, you're, you're hurting the defense. Mm-hmm. Basically, he said it in the nicest way he could. Like, hey, man, you know, if you do this, then I can help you out with this. And I was like, no, I'll bump that. But when I realized that I was breaking down the integrity of the defense and I was hurting the defense more than I was helping it, then I was more susceptible to listen because at the end of the day on Sunday, we're all on the same page. We're all trying to get to the same goal. You know, after Sunday's over, after the game's over, then you go, you be with your family, whatever. But come Sunday, I need you to be locked in. And that's basically what he was saying. That's why when I heard Asante tell the story, I was just like, wow. But, again, he has a podcast. And, 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 and I always believe that when we start doing this, anybody who's ever played professional sports, when, when you start to do the job that we're doing now and decide to be in the media, you have to pick a lane. You have to pick the lane whether or not you want to be hot taking and tell all the business or you want to be somebody that kind of plays it down the middle mm-hmm. a little bit and be fair and balanced. He, wants, he picked his lane. He wants to be the hot takey guy. This is the first time that I've heard Asante Samuel say something that has been polarizing. It's not the first time. So, yeah, and the other thing is it's, I think it's fair to question Donovan in those big games, but of all the championship games, that was the one he played the best in. He did put up a lot of points. They, they had 400-something yards in that game. It wasn't like he stunk the whole game. Well, so while we're in the business of holding people accountable, does Asante Samuel not remember the year before when he had a chance to basically seal – the Patriots' undefeated season in the Super Bowl. In that same stadium. Eli Manning yeah. served him up a meatball, and he just couldn't couldn't keep his feet in bounds. See, I mean, to, listen, to, bud, to me, you got to make your plays. To me, the Asante story is less about the Arizona thing and more about he, him saying McNabb was not held accountable in practice. Yep. I think he used Arizona as an example, but what he was saying was coming from New England, going to a practice where McNabb was missing throws in practice and nobody was holding him accountable. And my thought off that is, and I'm curious for, for Hugh's perspective on this, like if you look at the last two franchise quarterbacks the Eagles have had, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. With Carson on his way out, and you know the the last year he was here, the story was he was not coachable. Like like he he didn't take criticism well, and he had the way he wanted to do it. And I think you've started to hear those things leak out about Jalen this year. I'm curious because what Asante to me was saying was like McNabb wasn't uh, corrected in practice. Do you think it's different with a quarterback? Like like for Carson it's, and Jalen, it, it seems ha- no one criticized them. How is it with to, McNabb? You have to be able to to receive criticism. Again, I can't answer that question because I don't know the dynamic between Coach Reed mm-hmm. and, and Donovan at that time. But do you time, think quarterbacks are treated differently? Yeah, they are definitely treated differently. Should they there's be? No, they, they should be because they're, they're kind of sensitive. I will say this. The only quarterback that I hear of that's probably not coddled or has not been coddled was Tom Brady. I don't know the relationship that, that Andy has with Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's in a better space where if Andy had to correct him, and he probably had to learn this, if he had to correct him, he had to learn a way to do it. Because to me, quarterbacks are like pitchers, man. 
and and you we've all seen pitchers on the mound melt down and look at the ball and shake off pitches and yep. everything because they're not comfortable. So it's the same thing with a quarterback. You have to do things to get quarterbacks comfortable. Prime example is this. When you look back at that AFC championship game, you saw screen passes to the left at the beginning of the game. You saw screen pass to the left, screen pass to the right, screen pass to the left. Then they started to go downfield. The Chiefs. Yes. I think Mahomes started 11 of 11. They got him in a rhythm. Yes. You, you got to get in a rhythm, man. And the one thing that I believe that you have to do with a quarterback, I don't care who it is. If you're going to be a throwing team, then you have to make him comfortable with small throws, intermediate throws, you know, stuff to get him in a rhythm so then you can go downfield. We never did that with the quarterback. And I don't know, you know, I know I got off on the tangent or whatever, but that that's when I feel like, you know, the relationship between the quarterback and the coach, it has to be one of comfort. And I don't think that we had that here when it comes with Jalen and the, and the def- offensive coordinator. It is amazing to me that all these years later, we're still looking for the answers of what happened, like the Reed McNabb era. I mean, we are. I mean, like that, it comes up all the time. And I think because Andy's winning so much now, it comes back up. But you know what, Asante, it, it was a good point by the caller. His defense, they get torched. Yeah. It, like if the Eagles had lost that game, you know, 17-14, I think he's got more of a leg to stand on than, yeah, Donovan missed this guy and that guy. Well, Asante, I bet you missed something because the, the Cardinals had 30 points on the board. I think that's a fair point by the caller. I, I just don't think that's the takeaway. Like, I agree, the defense played poorly in that game. But to me, this was about how McNabb was coached during his time here on a whole. And that's why, I, like... The but t- but I, what I mean is the accountability. He's, he's like, they didn't keep Donovan accountable. Well, your defense stunk in that yeah, particular game. Like, he, he used that example, right? Like, it wasn't just yeah, us that fair. brought it up. That's fair. Let's go to, uh, we got Mr. Surehands. Is that who we got here? Mr. Surehands in West Oak Lane. What's up, Mr. Surehands? What's up, my brother? Good afternoon to you. What's up? What are you thinking today? Hey, man, so first and foremost, Donovan play, outplayed Brady in that Super Bowl. No. We got to remember, it's, a, it's nothing but asterisks on that side of New England. He didn't outplay him in the game. Everything was questionable. They knew they knew where he played we was going, didn't they? Right, but okay, but that's a reason Deal. why they may he may have played better in your mind. But There's Donovan did Donovan didn't play but Donovan didn't play well enough in that game. Five to one that goes back to what you saying about the uh making your quarterback comfortable. How can your quarterback comfortable when the defense coming at him the whole game because they already know what you're running? Well, I look. I don't. That makes it sure. It, it, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's move on. What I called about was the Sixers love. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't do me like you did the bull either. What what I'm what I do, man? What did I what I do? We, we all heard, we all heard you giving it giving it to him under your breath, <laughs> trying to be polite, man. Don't not, do me like okay, that. Okay, fine. I'll Mr. <laughs> I'll be quiet. I the floor is yours. <laughs> hey, um, so everybody said I was crazy when when uh that Ben Crumbum Ben Simmons draft was coming up because I wanted Buddy Hill in the first place. Well, today's so your day. Lo- today's your I'm day. Lo- He's I'm here. This street. A couple years late, but it's finally here. But that's that's sixteen points, five rebounds, three assists. He's a two way player. He's a sniper. You know what I'm saying? And he he gonna add value to the team. But we got three hours to see what else we're doing. I think it's gonna be a total revamp. So what do you you want something else big here? You you're not you're not done. You want would you no, tra- I, so so most of the Sixers r- roster obviously is just regular guys, is athletic that can play ball, know how to play. You can get them off the waiver wires. A dime a dozen. 
So go in, go in and take any move and any trade that you could get a better player, somebody that could help Maxi and B, and now Buddy Hill. Mm. Tobias is for sale for me. Finally, I I love Tobias' game. I think he's talented. I just don't know what's holding him back. Well, well to, to, I don't to think that, he's that, to that point. To that point, I do think the buddy trade is a good is a good trade, but it only really impacts team in a positive major way if you make another move. Like buddy, you helps. gotta get a big guy. Yeah, like buddy helps, yeah. but you have to go get more to really get the full impact of adding buddy, in my opinion. And and I agree with you. I I, w- I would have loved to trade more if we didn't give up one of those second round picks, but two second round picks. Mark Marcus might get waived, and he's gonna come right back home. Well, that's he could he certainly could get waived by Indiana. Uh, I got to ask, why are you nicknamed Mister Surehands? That's that's the name of my company. It's after oh. my children, Stady, Hakeem, and Cameron. So I named the company after with a initial. Well, that's awesome, and we appreciate the phone call there. All right, cool beans. How about that? He's see, and I didn't even see. I didn't even mumble under my breath. I thought yeah, he was like a wide receiver or something. Back yeah, in that's what I thought. That's a good wide receiver name, like Mister Surehands. Yeah, we, we need to, who who would be. I mean, not, Quiz, not Quiz Walker. The first person I thought about Devante. when I heard that is Freddie Mitchell. Like, he might what? not have sure hands, but the, the fact that he thanked he talked about his hands. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, he, he thanked his hands? Yeah, he would na- yeah, Big Fred would na- nickname himself. He would nickname himself that. That's probably Devontae. Yeah, yeah you got to be uh, – you have to have a certain kind of confidence to nickname yourself Mr. Sure Hands. As <laughs> Freddie sure did, man. Qu- you know what? Quest might be the guy to do it, Mr. Sure Hands. Honestly, though, you can't get much better than Fred X. No, that was good. That was really good. Yeah, and he had his moment. And he delivered. He did once. All right, two one five five nine two. He did. I mean, once. No, it's just the way you said it, though. One time, he had it one was kind of dismissive. A little dismissive. Uh, am I missing a lot from the career? Or no, it... I'm just saying. I'm just. Uh, I'm just pointing out that it was dismissive. You forgot about the Alamo and fourth and twenty six today. I didn't today, forget Joe. about the Alamo. I just was, never look, forget the Alamo. I Joe. was caught off a little off guard that we're using Alamo references. <laughs> I just, I, what, honestly, you know, I try to be. We try to be clever on this show at times. We man. try to be current with things that happened in eighteen thirty-six. Those, When was the last time someone brought up the Alamo in normal conversation? <laughs> Me? No, besides you. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna bring it up again today at some point. You just drop it in there, like you know, I was doing this, remember and the, then I remember the Alamo. Don't forget, as long as we all remember, <laughs> everyone. Don't you don't go anywhere if you forget the Alamo. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four. Back to all your phone calls here. We'll continue to update you all day on what the Six are doing. Trade deadline at 3 p.m. Do not go anywhere. But we promised we'd get to a big anniversary in Philadelphia sports today and how far we think are we are away from maybe getting back to another one just like it. That's next. Your phone calls, 215-592-9490 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is not live in Pennsylvania. As an official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Curry ain't got it. Oh, well, I can't fit 
the scheme. Michael Thomas can't fit the scheme. Nigel Brandon can't catch. Jalen Mills can't cover. Patrick Robinson can't cover. Yeah, I wish we could turn back time. Six years ago today, the Jason Kelsey Super Bowl Parade speech. Welcome back. Midday show, Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Elliot Shore Parks in the breaking news booth as we uh, wait countdown until Sixers trade deadline. It's for the whole NBA, but obviously here we're concentrating the Sixers. We've gotten Buddy Hill, but Hugh, I was uh, re-watching some of the parade speech earlier <laughs> today. and we, we played it a couple weeks ago uh, when we thought, and you know the news came out that Jason Kelsey was going to retire. He still might, but we'll see. But there's just a clip of it. He was six years ago today. The Eagles and Jason Kelsey have their parade, the speech. Really, I, I think it's the greatest speech, like parade kind of speech in sports history. It, it's still resonant. I could listen to it any day. No, I mean, it's just some of the things that he said when he was talking about Lane and everybody else, man. It just, Can't lay off the was, juice. It was the funniest thing <laughs> that I've ever heard, man. Uh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a great speech. That was a great time, man. I remember me and he, we rolled up from Atlanta. Like he did not like to take road trips, but he wrote, he took that road trip with me. We rolled up, and that was a great day, man, to see all the Eagles fans yeah. in, the, in the at the thing. So yeah, that was a great day. It was an amazing day, and now we sit here, you know, a couple of days from the Super Bowl, and and I am wondering in my head how close we are to another one of those parades. He like when when I when you think about a parade, a championship, and I know we've talked about this offseason about what the Eagles have to do, and we'll get more into it over the next month or two with the draft and free agency. But do you think this team is closer to another one of those moments? Or having to reset and rebuild this thing? I think they are. It's a, a parade. Closer yeah, to a parade? Yeah, I, I think they are. I think they're closer to a parade. And and I know that there's a lot of intangibles that go into actually making that happen, Joe. But I, I like the talent that we have. We just got to figure out. And I'm still stuck on this. I know this is not part of it. But we got to figure out where we got disconnected and make that connection again. And and I think that we could be right back there. You look at this offense. And this, this league – it's all about offenses and, and, and having firepower. We got the firepower. We got the quarterback. We just need to figure out how to get him back connected with his teammates and get this thing going again. Yeah, and that, well, that's the biggest part of this whole thing. And, and I look, I want there to be a parade next year. Hugh, I, I know we already started talking about maybe Louisiana because we lost our trip to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it would be nice in Louisiana. Man. Well, did you see the sphere, by the way, yesterday? They were putting did, a, buddy, did you see Buddy that climbed the Well, there, there was someone trying to climb it. That could have been us. Yeah. But they also had they also had the Super Bowl rings going on that, that thing. That was awesome. So we missed it on our chance to go to Las Vegas. Maybe next year with Louisiana and, and um, you know, down there for in New Orleans for the Super Bowl. But – when I look at the Eagles right now, and maybe I'll have a different feel on this in six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks after the NFL draft of free agency, I, I think this thing is closer to a reset or a rebuild than it's going to be to another parade. I, I only look at I'm, – I'm counting them again right now. I know we had a conversation similar to this a few weeks ago. I mean, how many players are on this team do you feel really good about moving forward? I mean, like for the long term, not just for next year. Hertz, Brown, Smith – Mylotta Dickerson, I'll put those two in. I mean, yeah. I, I I think Lane, you know, we're on the back end now with Lane Johnson. I'm not going to include him in the long-term future. So that's about four or five offensive players. I'll put, you know, Jalen Carter on defense. I guess Hassan Reddick, but he's only signed for one more year. I don't see a lot of big-picture building blocks here. I, I think this thing is closer to a reset or a rebuild, Elliot, than it's a parade. 
Elliot, it's been six years since the Kelsey Parade, which was an amazing day here in the city. Do you think this thing is closer to another one of those or having a reset here? You know, I really think it just comes down to how you feel about Jalen Hurts because the the backbone of the franchise, I still think, is strong. Jeffrey Lurie has shown that as the owner of the team, they're always competitive. Howie is arguably the best GM in the league. He's certainly top five, if not the best. And I do, you know, Nick Sirianni, I know right now he's not a popular guy in Philly, but he's been in the playoffs every year. He's won double-digit games, uh, you know, the last two years. So they will be competing for a Super Bowl next year. The real question is, can Jalen be the guy that gets them from being a competitive team to into the Super Bowl? And, you know, all the talk about the defense, the defense wasn't really the issue in the playoffs. The defense didn't play great, but the offense was the one that cost them that game. They'll go, they'll add players on defense. I think the coordinator situation will be much better this year, which will make the defense just alone uh, way better. So it comes down to Jalen. So if you think they're closer to a rebuild, what that really is saying is you don't think they have the franchise quarterback. And I don't think we have enough of an answer on that yet for me to say anything other than they're closer to a parade. So I, I think they need to put more help around the quarterback because I don't think he's good. I don't good know at- about that. You don't think they need to put more help around Jalen? Around Jalen? Yeah. He has You mean arguably, as far as the coaching staff help? Well, yeah. he has arguably the best receiver <laughs> sure. the in the NFL. He has a top whatever tight end, top five, six. His offensive line wasn't great last year, but it's still one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. He has a running game that is effective. I know at times it struggled mm-hmm. last year, but he has a Pro Bowl running back behind him. I mean, you could argue there's not a quarterback in the NFL that has more help around him. But the other side of the ball, he may down the stretch, they may have had the worst defense in the entire NFL. Last eight it weeks. it cost him one game. The Cardinals game, probably, right? That Seahawks game, the offense scored 13 points. The defense only gave up, if I remember correctly, 19, right? And that was obviously the touchdown in the final few minutes. I could also say it cost them the Niner game. I mean, the Niners scored every possession. I I would agree. But but the offense was terrible in that game, too. It wasn't good enough. The offense could have been up 14 to nothing. I agree with that. The defense came out and shut the Niners down. I know it was only one quarter. But if you go up 14 nothing, that's a much different game than 6 nothing. So you said something there that they had, like, if if Jalen's good, they have what they need. But I'm also seeing something. It's why I think they got to reset this roster. The, the, if there if there's one common link between the parade team and the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, it's not Jalen. I mean, Jalen played really well, but it's it's those four guys that are about to be out of here: Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. The, I, do you feel, guys feel confident they're going to be able to replace those guys? I mean, right now they have may I guess Cam Jurgens is going to play center, right? Moving forward, well, that, that's a concern. That, I agree. That yeah. is. That's a that's a big thing for me. Even if Jalen bounces back, Hugh, those leaders, they've been here for so long. And my guess is next year, how many are going to be here? Lane will be here next year. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I mean, Leadership has to step up. I think up. Brandon Graham will be back. Pro- probably Brandon. Well, he, he wants to stay. I know he does. And, and this is no slight to my guy, Brandon or Fletcher Cox, but we, we're talking about trying to rebuild for the future. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that probably means moving on from the past. And and we you know you're talking about paying what ten million dollars fourteen million dollars for who Fletcher for Fletcher for, for, for Fletcher's Fletch. going to want ten again I, yeah, I guess. something they, in that yeah, range to that and and we don't know we have a lot of holes to fill at key positions in the secondary on on defense I don't know if it's going to be a smart move to to make to keep the older players like that. I don't. So, I don't think we're going to be able to save everybody. Yeah. So with Brandon, I think he would be more a locker room veteran guy than someone that's going to come in and get ten million dollars. My guess is Brandon, if he's back, and I think he will be, will be close to some version of the minimum or veteran minimum. You know, a few million dollars, and he plays limited snaps. That that would be my guess for Brandon next year. In terms of Fletcher, I think Fletcher is probably gone. I mean, he cleaned his locker out completely on locker clean out day. Jordan Davis talked about how the young guys know they have to step up with Fletcher leaving, like essentially just 
almost saying Fletcher's going to be gone. And he is going to be hard to replace. I mean, he was probably their best defensive tackle last year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter for stretches certainly was better, and I, I think he has more upside at this point. Um, but, yeah, Fletcher I, I is going to be tough to replace. But at the end of the day, it, it really just is about the quarterback and the offense. Like It just is. Like The defense has to be better for sure, but they have good pass rushers in Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Darius Slay will be back. I mean, everyone loves to talk about Patrick Sertain. Slay was, you know, almost as good as Sertain was last year if you look at the numbers. So they have to add players on defense. But the reason this team struggled last year and the reason they didn't get where they wanted to be is the turnovers on offense. If Jalen takes care of the ball better than he did last year, they will be right back to competing for that number one seed. They will be better, certainly. But they got it. I think they need six or seven defenders. 215 592 9494. All right, it's the anniversary of the Eagles parade here. Six years ago, Kelsey had a speech. Are they closer to another parade or a rebuild? I've been wondering this since the end of the season. Like the Eagles go in cycles, the Howie Eagles go in cycles. And I am been struggling to figure out what psych part of the cycle we're in. It goes up, and then it crashes down, and then it comes right back up. Like, how he's great at fixing it. But are we in, like, the tweaking mode here, Kyle? Or do you think we're closer to, like, he's going to have to reset this thing hard at some point? Yeah, well, I think one thing that we're missing is that how he doesn't do that. How he tries to go into every year thinking that he can compete and even rebuild, really, after the 4-11-1 and 11 and 1 season. Well, he fixes it fast. Sure, right. Yeah. Like, Howie's a, is a quick fixer, and I don't really think this thing is, like, that far from being fixed. I know the defense— Like you said, the cupboard isn't bare. Yeah, it's not. Well, the cupboard's not bare. Howie was right about that. And I, I think the defense, while it was really bad uh, toward the end of the season especially— I don't think they're, like Joe said, they need six, seven guys. I don't think that's the case. I think you get one or two that are good or the right guys. You mean on defense? That, yeah. Like oh, hell no. Why? Six well, or seven? On. Yeah, you need, no. You need at least. Why do you, no. Why do you need okay. six or seven when you if need you get safety. one? Well, you uh, need two of those. But do you really, like, do you need to nail those if you get a, another star pass rush on the other side of Hassan Reddick? Yes. Like, no, because if you just nail one of those, then the rest almost sort of falls into place. It's the you formula need, the Eagles have. What? Why? I mean, the Eagles have gotten. The Eagles went to two Super Bowls without heavily investing in the linebacker but position. They, like, but they had good players there. Uh, the, the, well, well, so that's what I mean. If you have good players old. surrounding them, then you can make up for some of the deficiencies. I don't think the Eagles are six, seven players on defense away from being good and competitive again. They have a better coach. If they get another guy that can rush the passer, like even if look Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat had down ears. If you count on those guys having you know bouncing back then your pass rush is already better than it was last season, as is. So to, if, to Kyle's point, uh, I, so I think they will have six or seven new starters, whether they need them or not. You just look. I mean, Fletcher's probably gone. Uh, Jalen Carter will be a full-time starter mm-hmm. this year. Jordan Davis will be. They'll probably have two new linebackers, at least one new safety, maybe another outside corner. But Kyle is right that I think the biggest acquisition they made that that limits the need for like playmakers at all those spots is Vic Fangio. Yeah, sure. Just like the floor of this defense was raised so much. And for all of the issues that we think they had with personnel last year, they were a top 10 defense until they made the disastrous decision to switch to Matt Patricia. Like, like they, they had bad games against San Francisco and Dallas for sure. So in some ways, I mean, they were bottom they, they five won, in pass. They, to, they were bottom five in pass defense for most of the year. Well, they were also thrown on more than any team in the NFL yeah. because they were stopping the run so much. Sure. So that so that was part of it. But they won the Kansas City game. They were really good uh, against Dallas. Like the the I'm sorry, not Dallas. Uh, well, the first time they were, and then the Dolphins, right? So they had good games from a defensive perspective. I just think we're underestimating how much the change to a competent, like veteran coordinator is going to make all the players. I, better. I understand. I, and two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Are the Eagles closer to another Super Bowl parade or a rebuild here? 
I think we're underestimating how many players they have we can count on. The number is tiny. We, we want to pretend it doesn't matter, and the quarterback's a big part of it. I've got eight guys. Like, they've had four building blocks for a decade that we just closed our eyes every year and said we got four players we know about. But They're like all about to be gone. That's an overreaction to how the season ended, though. I that, agree with that, that you can't yeah. count on everybody all of a sudden. Like, no, this team was 10-1 and one at one point. And, sure. look, if you just got James Bradbury off the field— that's almost addition by subtraction in and of itself without adding three other players. I, of course it is. I, they just have a lot of uncertainty on the roster. For a decade, they had certainty at four key spots. Those guys are all about to be out of here. Lane's got the longest runway with two, I don't know, two or three more high-level years. But we could lose. they could lose Kelsey, Fletcher, and Brandon in this offseason. I think yeah, that's the, huge. The Kelsey thing will matter because if you lose Kelsey, you're rebuilding the interior of the offensive yeah. line, and that, that is a big deal. I agree with you, and I think Cam Jurgens was not that good at right guard last year. So even if he's at center or right guard, he's a question. But all these other questions you have get answered if Jalen just goes from being the 11th best quarterback in the league last year, wherever you want to put him, to back to being a top five guy. Y- like, yes and offense, no. Justin Herbert's, been a great, de- Justin Herbert's been a great player. He can't get out of the first round because they have crap around him. Like you need well, more He than, deserves blame for that sure, as well. But they need more than just Jalen. So obviously all, all parts of the team have to play well, but I think we underestimate how much Jalen's turnovers and the poor play on offense also impacted the yeah. defense. Like uses the use the playoff game is the perfect example. The defense was terrible to start. I think they gave up 14 points in oh, the first yeah. quarter, right? Mm-hmm. But then they they held Tampa Bay pretty much in check for two quarters. Like the Eagles had that at a one possession game for a long time. But then Jalen had the safety and everything falls apart. So I think just getting better play by Jalen at the uh, at the quarterback position is going to make that defense better as well. I well that that it would. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop in. Are the Eagles closer to another one of those parades like we got six years ago today? Or having to reset, rebuild this thing? I think it's closer to reset, rebuild. Right now, based on what I'm seeing on this roster, our big game coverage, 94 WIP presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. We also have all the trade deadline stuff. Elliot on the news desk. Any news we get, we pass along. Buddy Heald is the big Sixers move so far today. Terrence in Springfield is up. Hey, Terrence. You, Joe, Kyle, what's up, man? What's up, Terrence? ESP, what's up, bro? Up, How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing good, man. And... As far as the Buddy Hill trade, he's okay. I feel like he's not no major piece. Because to me, Buddy Hill, he's a great shooter and all that. But there's times where this guy goes cold. And I have a stature in front of me. I've been watching him all year because I've been doing my my parlays. And this guy's been costing me. He had 12, 3, 17, 3, 12, 3, 2, 11, and 3. That's not consistent shooting to me. So, and we gave up, what, uh... Three second round picks, uh, Fort Monson, we gave him more away, right? Yes. Yep. I feel like that's a lot to give away for this guy. Especially for a rental. Like, yeah, he, you know, he and, only and have him like for the second okay. half of the season. Yeah. He, he, he's okay. And Kyle Lowry, to me, he's, he's equal to hitting Shaq Leonard. This guy's cooked at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about no Kyle Lowry. This guy's washed up. He hasn't been doing nothing for Miami lately. And to me, I feel like we need to, we need to do a lot more because Joel Embiid. Who's to say this guy is going to be at 100% when he comes back? He still has to get back in game shape. Yeah, Terrence, I think it's unlikely we see the best of NBA yeah. when he comes back. Well, and, and Terrence, we're, we're to, your point, run. Yeah, to your point about Buddy and the inconsistency, I think that's a similar issue Maxi has. Like, if you look at the last yeah, exactly. four games, he had 51 points against the Jazz because I think he started six or six agree. from three. Like, when Maxi's three is going, yeah, he can absolutely light it up. But the problem yep. they currently have, even with Buddy, 
is that when Embiid is out, they have nobody that can consistently create their own offense. Like exactly. Maxi can get hot and he can go on, you know, streaks where he's making a bunch of threes, but you can't throw it to him possession after possession and expect him to create. And you can't do that with Buddy as well or either. Absolutely. And I agree with Joe on this. I feel like Maxi, he's an up and coming rising star, but this guy is not a he's not a person that can carry a team like he goes cold at times. Last night, these guys got slaughtered by Golden State. And there's times where this guy's going, he's going 0 for 10 from the field. We can't have that from Maxi if he's going to plan on lead. other teams that can have guys sit out and the other stars can carry the team to wins. Maxi hasn't shown me that yet. He, to me, he still has to grow. Because you could be an all-star, but there's guys in the league that have, that they have three all-star appearances. But that doesn't mean that they're a counterstone piece. Of course. I mean, Terrence, team. Andre Iguodala, I, I go to that. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. Andre, I loved him. And I thought he found the perfect role in Golden State. And, and you know, he did a lot of great things. But we, we, yeah. we saw it here in Philadelphia. When he's the lead guy, you're not going to be a very good team. I mean, that's just that's the way. Yeah, it's just almost like, yeah, you're miscast sometimes. Terrence, we appreciate it. Hugh, the, the Maxi, Hugh, it feels like we can't find the right lane for Maxi. Like, I think we all like him. Mm-hmm. It's a ma- And we all think he has a bright future. But some people, I just think, go too far where he is today versus where he will be a year or two or three from now. Yeah, and that's what happened last night. Watching that game last night, Joe, the first thing I thought, because he came back from being hurt, well, sick, I should say. He was sick. And I think it was his high was like, he had 15 points or something like that, mm-hmm. ESP. Yep. And I was thinking, well, number one, everybody can't have a Jordan flu game. <laughs> and number two, if you want to be talked about in that stratosphere, this is the perfect time to try to put yourself there. Mm-hmm. And, and the third thing was, when you got that all-star by your name, those those excuses fall by the wayside. When you walk out there on the court, regardless if you're sick or not, those excuses fall by the wayside. And if your team needs you, you got to figure out a way to step up. He hasn't done it yet. Not saying that he can't do it, and I'm not in the, in the camp where I want to trade him. But if you want to be mentioned in that rarefied air of one of those guys, then you have to take moments like that and make them your own. I, I, my concern with Maxi long term is I think he can be this player, and this player is a great player. But I wonder if he has physical limitations on how much higher his ceiling can go. Like when you're when you're his size and you're a perimeter player, like he can't just out jump people where his shot release point is so high that like Embiid's mid range jumper, a he's a great shooter, but also like him and Durant are so much taller than everybody else that their release point on the shot is very hard to block. Maxi doesn't have that, so his point, so his his game basically has to be three pointers, which he's very good at, but is streaky, like we just talked about. Or getting to the line. And he's not been great this year. He was early on, but he hasn't been as good recently at getting to the line. So, just I wonder with his small frame in the playoffs, is he if he will be somebody that you can consistently give the ball to. Yeah, I mean, you go through NBA history. I mean, how many six-foot guards are, are lead or second players on title teams? It's not that many. I mean, Iverson, but yeah, they, they didn't but he win didn't win. It. Yeah, he didn't win. It. And, and he was and he really only had one year. Yep, and and he was he's an outlier, right? Yeah, like he's he's sure. more of an outlier. Look, it's not, I I don't think anyone. In fact, I know everyone in this room likes Tyrese Maxey. I mean, Hugh is, is as big of a Maxi fan as I've seen around here. Got my son a uh, Maxi jersey. Before and, he became All-Star, by the way, I didn't just go. jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, that's smarter. You called yeah, that one. You're ahead of the that. curve. But it's a matter of what he does right now. And uh, do you think this at any of this will impact the contract or he's just going to get a Max? I think he'll just get a Max. I tend to agree yeah. with you. But, whatever, yeah, the most they can get. Yeah, because he'll just – that's the way it works, the NBA. Jake is in Delco. What's up, Jake? Hey, what's going on, Delco? Hey, Jake. What are you thinking today? Uh – just listening to Elliot talk, uh, Elliot, man, I got a lot of respect for you. You'll, you'll forever be the father of the training camp stats. <laughs> Elliot didn't. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I knew Kyle was going to play that. 
Um, but, you know, when people say, does something pass the smell test, um, you there? Oh, we're yeah, here. Yeah, we're listening. We're listening yeah. to you. And I agree. The floor that, is yours. I agree. Yeah, Ch- well. Charting the quarterback very, numbers is the, be- is the best uh, thing LA does. edge of my seat here. Well, well go ahead, Jake. <laughs> you guys are great listeners. Considering you have half the people that call in talk over everything you say, it's very <laughs> disciplined. Wow. Uh, yeah, and by the way, message to listeners across the Delaware Valley. Make your point. And then sit back and listen to a response without talking over it. Is that is that is that so hard? You guys do it to Hugh especially all the time. You got a hearty laugh out of Hugh. No, for it that, does, one. that doesn't bother me because we sit back here and we think it's funny, especially when I'm asked a question and then they proceed to talk over me. So well, it's they funny. want to give you the answer you should get. <laughs> yes. Jake, what, what are you thinking on the Eagles thing? When Hugh does the quiet voice in the background, it's so funny. Um, so. there's there's what's called the smell test or the eye test, you know, Mm -hmm. and what Elliot does, I mean, I know he's positive and I appreciate that, but whatever Elliot does with these numbers is the opposite of the smell test. Like we all sat and watched that Tampa Bay game with barf bags next to our couch that were filled up. It was awful. The vibe was terrible. And when you take these numbers and you say, well, actually, you know, the passing game wasn't that bad. It's because we stopped the run so good and all that. It, it's a little bit too much verbal gymnastics, you know. Well, I um, mean, I, I I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to say I, 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 I like don't agree with that wrestling. completely. I mean, I think there's <laughs> there's different angles and perspectives of everything. Like clearly, the pass defense had to be better last year. I was just saying one of the reasons they were the worst in yards per game was that they also had the most attempts against them because teams couldn't run on the Eagles. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Which is fair. I mean, Jake, that's it's a fair point. Elliot's right about that. Jake, good phone call. They also chose to pass because they could. They just couldn't be stopped. Like Mac Jones yeah, threw for three seventy because they couldn't run it. Right. But, but you're right. The pass defense was, and that's was not more good important. Enough. You want to be you. You want to be better against the pass. That's what mm-hmm. teams do in the league. It's a passing league. One thing I will say about next year with uh, you know the six or seven new starters, I don't think you can go into the year with Bradbury as your starter. Cannot. But but. I do think a better defensive coordinator that has his defense playing on one page with better safety play will make Bradbury better. Like Bradbury lost a step. He is slower. He did not play well last year. But, you know, corners really rely a lot on the play of their safety, especially against a deep pass. And I think that is one thing that, that really hurt Bradbury specifically last year. It, well, it did. He also lost a step. If he loses, he did, a, if he sure. loses another one, I mean. But, but if you have better safety play and a better coordinator, I think Bradbury is still a serviceable starting corner. He may be. I, I can I not find out? Can we put him on a different team and I can find out that way? I'm not. Cu- I would not cut him. Not wait, and lose ten million dollars in who, cap space. Um, see that? That's he. He wouldn't I cut understand, Bradbury. I understand. The no, monetary we got. We got to cut him to that today. You're going to lose that. $10 million just to get him off the roster? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Because he can't play. Well, you can bring him into training camp, and if someone beats him out, someone beats him out. But but otherwise, what's the point of taking such a massive cap hit for someone that is a yeah, solid I'm... veteran backup and someone that is not going to be a disruption in the locker room? Like, I think sometimes you have to let players go because if they're there, it's going to be awkward. Mm. And like, But I don't think that's the case with Bradbury. All right, I, I, I just don't think it's worth keeping around, but that's an interesting point. 215-592-949. We'll keep it rolling. Sixers trade deadline. Elliot will update us on the news and rumors on the other side. It's the anniversary of the Eagles Super Bowl parade six years ago. Closer to parade or a rebuild here in Philadelphia. Plus, Howard Eskin on the morning show today said the Phillies are in talks to acquire who? A quick Phillies hot stove discussion. It's a big name out there. We'll discuss it. 215-592-949 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP.
one of the players that Cleveland wants is Crawford, and in their system, he is one of the best projected players in the system, and they're not giving up Justin Crawford. I mean, they've talked about Rojas. I don't care about Rojas, but Crawford is the key in that whole thing, and they have spoken to Cleveland about Class A. Well, that's a name. Howard Eskin this morning on the morning show. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas shows you. So Howard was on with the Cameron Richie today. And we've had Howard on a bunch the last few weeks. And he keeps saying they're going to make another move. Right. Yeah. We've asked about Bellinger. We've asked about Jordan Montgomery. Those guys are free agents. So Howard kind of out of nowhere today brought up Emmanuel Classe, who is the closer Hugh for the Cleveland Guardians. He's a good pitcher. He's young. What's interesting about him is he's already re-signed to a pretty uh I'd say, contract. but it's it's pretty reasonable for yeah. a good pitcher. He only talking makes about the trade to, if you wanted to trade for him. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's under contract. I think it's for at least two more years. But then there's options that are still kind of cheap. So he's he's a bargain for as good as he is. But Howard there said that that they want Justin Crawford, who's the Phillies. I would say their second best prospect after Painter. I mean this this kid. He's uh, Carl Crawford's son, who used to be an MLB All Star. Hit three thirty last year as a nineteen year old across two levels. That's a big price to pay. This guy's really good, this relief pitcher. But I don't, I don't know if I want to give up a prospect that good right now. Yeah, and when you talk about the Phillies and what they've been able to do is what I kind of want the Eagles to do is try to, try to build from within. That's the way that you sustain yourself, by letting your young guys come up and letting them play and giving them opportunities. So, yeah, I'm with you on this one, Joe. Don't want to make that move. Uh, look, I, if they could get Emmanuel Classe, I'm excited for the idea of it. But that I, I agree with Howard on this. The price is too high. It's a very big price. And he, because he's resigned for so many years, I get why they're asking for that. Because you're getting him for you know two to four years if you pick up options. He would help this bullpen. I mean, there's no question about that. He. In the last two years, what do you have? Forty-four and forty-two saves. He's he's a legitimate all-star closer. He's been an all-star each of the last two years. He was a rookie the year before that, and was fifth in rookie of the year. So I mean, this guy's a pretty star relief pitcher in baseball. He would make this bullpen better. I do think they could use another arm, but I I like Justin Crawford. I think he's got a chance to be a a star for the Phillies down the line. I'm out on this, even though I like Classe Kyle. When you hear the idea from Howard there. Where are you on it? Would you uh, would you cash in a big chip for a young all star closer? So I guess the baseball equivalent of F them picks is F them prospects. It has to be yep. F them prospects, dude. Them this prospects. is a World Series window, and I'm doing everything that I can to maximize the window mm. that we're in. I don't know what shelf life we have with off injured Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler into his thirties, and all that. Like this team is built to win right now, so I really couldn't care less about Justin Crawford. I don't even know if Justin Crawford's going to be any good. So I would definitely trade him to get a better closer on this. So team. I hear you on that, but at some point there's got to be a next wave of Phillies, doesn't there? I mean, at some point, at some point, Zach Wheeler is going to be 37, and Aaron Nola is going to be 35, and Bryce Harper is going to be 35, and Trey Turner is going to be 36. Like you know, old along the two. At some point, there has to be the next wave of their best players. This kid was a first round pick a couple years ago. He's when I think of their future, Andrew Painter and this kid, that feels like their future. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree, and that's what I'm talking about, Joe. That's the same thing when I talk about how the Phillies organization has been built and the other teams the way that they need to be built. you got to build with those young guys, man. You can't trade away young prospects. You can't do that. Now, look, I, if you're giving me a different deal and they could get Emmanuel Classe, like I'm I'm excited for the player. That that I'm with Howard on this, and I haven't been with Howard often lately. I mean, Howard's usually wrong on these kind of things. Yeah, I think he's right on this. That is too steep a price. For a relief pitcher. Right. a lot of agreement with Howard this week, man. Are, you, are you okay? Well, I think Howard was agreeing with me. I mean, I've, I've been... Oh, okay. No, I, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with him on this. I think he was with me that, like, the Niners are favored for a reason in the Super Bowl. They're probably going to win the game. 
Were they last year too? They well, the or, I'm Chiefs. sorry. Were they were the Eagles favored in last year's they Super Bowl were, for a reason yeah, too? Yes. Okay, but that and they outplayed them for most of the game. They didn't but win, but they outplayed lost. them. And I I I I, I remember. You know, you have to remind everyone what happened. Of course, I do. We know what happened. They lost the game. All right, our our, our Twitter question today, sponsored by the PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. On the anniversary of the Eagles Super Bowl parade, which are the Eagles closer to right now? Another parade or a rebuild? 63% on parade. And how should the Sixers approach to today's trade deadline? 59% wanted them to go all in. Well, that's going to mean more than just Buddy here. We'll go to Elliot at the news desk in a couple minutes. Ron in Monco's up. Hey, Ron. Yo, Joe. Ron. Yo. Yo, how you doing? Yo, guys, I got a stalker. I got a stalker. That I seems like a here. problem, Ron. It, it is a problem. I think he's actually in your in your studio too. Which one of us would be would be the stalker? It's the, it's the young one with squeaky voice. Huh? It's I, I know him by his voice. The one with the squeaky voice, Quinn. But how, why is he? How do you think he's stalking? When, you? What are you when, talking about? when did my voice get squeaky? By the way, yeah, I don't, I, I don't Dude, think it's a squeaky not, voice. I'm not quite sure I hear that, Ron. But how is how is Kyle? How is Kyle stalking you? Probably by well, listening to the radio station I work at. Oh, Crazy concept. They're a pack of wolves down Over there. Over two, Ron. Something. Yo, so anyways, Joe, let me ask you something. How do you feel about our starting rotation? I would like one more pitcher. Uh, that's all? Yeah, well, I mean, how many more do you, am I going to get? I'm going to get three. Okay, I would like one no, more. You're right. You're uh, so right. I got okay. I got Wheeler, who's great. I, ha- I have Nola, who's good. I yeah, have I, I have Suarez, who I like, but you know we'll see we gotta see if he get through yeah, a full right. season. Jury's out on him. Yeah, I don't like Walker, but I'm stuck with him. And Sanchez, I'm not sure on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me wheel back to that kid Crawford. What position does he play? Center field. Okay, well we de- we know we need a center field. Okay, so he, when when do you think he's ready to come up? A year, another year, another two, what? Year or two? I mean, he was drafted at a high school okay. two years ago. He's he's 20 years old now. He's a kid. Okay. All right, so if you don't if you don't get another starter, a quality starter, okay, then you're not going to trade him to get a closer, because this this rotation is not going to get it done, and the bullpen is not going to get it done, okay? They're not going to do it, all right? If they don't do something drastic with it, would you agree with that? I have questions. I think look, it could be a good well, rotation. If you have questions before first spring training even starts, then the answer would be well, yes. Well, Ron, he, my issue is more that it's it's the depth behind it. I mean, holy moly! They, well, well, there you have Kobe it. Aller, Dylan Covey. I, I'm with you. They need another start. It's a good rotation, but it's thin, thin. Okay, let's 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 rewind. Okay. Let's rewind back to our our our, our dying moments last uh, last fall. Okay, we, you, you remember what the remember what the uh, the coach did. His ring of circle, there was no more uh, a circle of trust, okay? That means all the pitchers that he didn't trust, which was over three-quarters of them, okay, sat on the bench because he didn't trust any of them. Like Walker. He didn't want to put him in. He refused Walker, to put him in. All of, all of them. You had three pitchers. You had Hoffman, you had long hair, and then you had the, the, the ponytail, the one that we just chucked. That, that, that threw out the, he threw him out there Campbell. two days in a row to lose the, lose the series. So is okay. long hair strong? Is long hair strong and ponytails Kimbrell? Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. okay, that's what it boils down to. Those three starters are what he tried to ride through the end because he didn't trust any of the other ones. In fact, your starter, your ace, had to come in and, and be embarrassed to close the final game. Okay, so if you don't think, I'm just curious, Jeff, because me and you are usually on the same page with baseball. And I'm telling you right now, they ain't got enough. And I'm telling you, when it happens again, I'm going to tear new you-know-what's 
to everybody down in that station, okay? Because if you can't see it, and you, because you don't know it, you know. And oh, you, I like that line. Can't... If you can't see it, you don't know it. I'm stealing that. that. That's a good line, Ron. I'm using that one. Yeah, well, if you can't see it, you don't know it. And, and the thing of it is, these kids, okay, like, uh, um, uh, who, oh, Jesus. Sanchez. Quinn is one of them. He just made the Oh, you mean the people I here. Don't care, yeah. I don't care about this super stud prospect we got out in center field. We're to, we're to win right now. Well, we are to win right now. But if you don't put the other pieces around, you're not you're gonna blow that you're gonna blow that pick right out the out the window. And and Seltzer's the same way. He doesn't get it. He Seltzer's a stack he's stack boy. He he doesn't get it. Wow. Seltzer doesn't get many uh shots on our show. That, that, no, that's that's no, a new one. Well that's, he, that's how he likes that's how he likes to justify his thinking. He goes to the stack box. Okay, and what's he what's he say? Oh, they don't. I said we don't have anybody. That, you got one pitcher that goes maybe seven innings. Okay, your second pitcher. Okay, Nola. who led home runs by a star? Nola. Nola had too many home okay. runs. Ron, I, we we get it. I mean, I heard Seltzer this morning. I I was listening just like Kyle. Can, can you get more miserable than, than Ron? I, and I guess that means we're stalking. So the one point Seltzer, and that this might is that the first time a caller rips Seltzer on our show. I think that that might be yeah, LA, that doesn't happen it. very often. So. Yeah, I, I do this show every Saturday with James. Obviously, do the podcast yeah, with James, and I can maybe count on one hand in five years the amount of time Seltzer's caught heat. So that's yeah. I know it's rare. I mean, Seltzer and Ron were going back and forth this morning. Though. I mean, he Schlitzy. Yes, yeah, Schlitzy doesn't get much. Heat. I forgot about I don't, the Schlitzy. I don't get why people get so worked up about stats. Like, where do they think the stats come from? The alternate games they're not watching? Like, yeah, they're made up. Yeah, exactly. Like, people like Ellie use stats all the time. Like, well, the stats come from the games that you're I using. I think your a lot of times for. because stats, sometimes you can make stats, make them, you could twist them and contort them in yeah, a way to make you can them do the same think, thing you know with the saying? eye test. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, facts, <laughs> facts a lot of times cut arguments out by the legs. Like, for instance, Ron talking about how they don't go seven innings when one. Nobody in baseball really goes more than seven innings anymore, Ron. This isn't the 1970s. Yes. So, you know, catch up with with the times. And plus, the Philly starters go, I'm pretty sure they went more innings than any other rotation in baseball. They did. And that was Seltzer's point. Now, my counter and why I I see Ron's point, and I would like another pitcher, Montgomery or whatever, is Taiwan Walker goes seven every time. When when you give up four in the first inning, it hits less. It's less impressive. I I think the rotation, like, I I want another piece, but Ron calls in and acts like the the sky's fall, like the Phillies are screwed, the rotation stink. Like, come on, man. It doesn't stink. I think it's a little thin. And I also think, and I mentioned this yesterday, we... We're very excited Nola's back, and we keep forgetting the Aaron Nola that we watched for three quarters of last season. What kind of Nola are we getting this year? Bounce back Nola? Good Bounce Nola? back. You said it's the, like it's a year. It's, he goes every other every year, Every right? other year. So it's the bounce back year. He's like, had a little rough year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to last forever, this up and down thing. I mean, maybe it does. I think that'd be great if he had a good year. I just, I, I, I'd like another starting pitcher or just another pitcher, and that's why, obviously, Howard's point this morning on a bullpen guy or a starter Interesting one. 215-592-9494. All right, let's go to Elliot at the breaking news and trade desk today. NBA trade deadline in an hour, uh, a little less than two hours now, hour and 45 minutes. Elliot, so we know the Sixers made a couple moves today. Anything else going on big picture NBA? I saw the Knicks did something. Yeah, so an hour 45 to go before the deadline. After a flurry of moves this morning, uh, it's definitely quieted. It feels like the silence is almost deafening, Mm. like something's going to happen. The Sixers obviously acquired Buddy Heald. They've traded out Marcus Morris, Furkan Kirk. 
Korkmaz and uh, Daniel House. So they have two empty roster spots right now. Around the league, I mean, you, you mentioned the Knicks have been very active. They acquired Alex Burke and Bojan Bogdanovic from, uh, from the Detroit Pistons. So they've added to, I mean, a roster that has been red hot recently. But no major big names moved yet. Obviously, the Deontay Murray is one that is still... Uh, believed to be on the block. He's actually practicing at Temple right now, so you know he doesn't uh, doesn't have to go far to get to uh, to Philadelphia. Oh, because the Hawks are the here. The Hawks next. are here tomorrow. Yes, yes. yeah. I was, I was just, like, why is he here? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Temple out, but you know, I don't think he's just there for fun. I think he's there for work. But so, I wonder if anything else big will happen. Not just Sixers, but the NBA. So Murray probably going to be the next. If there's one more big name to move, if the, unless there's a surprising yeah. name, like again, I, we talked about him earlier. I don't think he's going to be traded. But Paul George is someone that they've been trying to sign to a contract, haven't hasn't not done yet. So maybe that's uh, one name to watch. But the one thing that all the NBA insiders are saying is. Daryl Morey is very active. Like he, he has been the most active GM in the league in terms of trying to make deals. We know he loves to trade for star players. And as active as he's been today in making two trades, no first-round picks traded. So still has all his first-round picks, still has Tobias Harris. Um, there's still a salary that can be traded. Covington is still on the roster. So he still has some major pieces he could move in the next hour and uh, 45. Yeah, I, I also wonder, the big teams, like the teams near the top of the conference has been relatively quiet. Gordon yeah. Hayward went to the Thunder. Yep. But, you know, he had, he's late in his career now. But Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, top three in the East, didn't do much. And then the West, uh, Hayward to Oklahoma City, but Minnesota and Denver, and and even the Clippers, because they're right there, pretty quiet. Yeah, and uh, of other note, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and Andre Drummond were all at uh, Chicago Bulls shoot-around, which started about, I believe, 25 minutes ago. So those are three names that have been rumored to be on the move. The Sixers have been very heavily linked to backup center, still haven't made a move there. Uh, Kelly Olynyk um, got traded earlier today, so he's obviously off the market for the Sixers. So Andre Drummond is a name to keep uh, an eye on. Do we expect another move from Maury? Do you expect anything else, or do you think he's done? Uh, I think he has to probably try to make another move. I would try to make another move. You, what did you say? Um, DeJounte Murray is still out there, right? Still, still out there, yeah. Still so, out there. Try to yep. figure out if you can try to get him here, maybe. L.A., do you expect another Murray move? I think so. Again, they have all their first-round picks. They still have Tobias Harris. They still have Robert Covington. Um, they have a lot of tradable assets left, and this is this is their last chance. Buddy Heald is a good addition, and if you sign Kyle Lowry after the deadline, maybe he's able to kind of revitalize his career in Philadelphia. But they have not done enough yet on really either end. I know you want them to punt on the year, but like they have a chance still this year. And to go out and only add Buddy Heald, I think would be a disappointing uh, deadline. Yeah, I I do think they'll do one more thing. It's straight, I, I, probably a big, probably a guy like Andre Drummond or someone similar. Let's go to Rick in Easton. What's up, Rick? <laughs> yes, gentlemen. You know, being a 20-year club seat holder, I really hope that we're closer to a parade than we are to a rebuild. But my biggest concern is we just made a failed head coach in the last seven games of the year. A failed manager was promoted to the CEO of the head of the coaches. You don't usually see too many successful businesses promote a manager that had a bad year to a CEO front office position. My biggest concern is that eye test, the last seven weeks, guys, Everybody on that roster, except for Devontae and Cox, who probably won't be here, all shut down like they were unrecognizable. It's great to have a young roster, but where's their spine? Where's their heart? They all shut down collectively together. So when we say we had a roster that went to the Super Bowl, that was the same roster 
that totally melt down the last seven weeks. Coaching is one thing, I get it. But the players totally looked like they were disinterested. And let's talk, stop talking about the Super Bowl roster because that's not around anymore. No, it's not. It's, it's a different roster. And, Rick, the, of all the games that stand out, I mean, obviously the playoff game was like the end and, and, the, wor- and the worst one because it, it was the final part of the season. But that Cardinal game at home is where I like what you're saying. They looked on defense, just, they got pushed around by a you bad Gannon, team. You know, Gannon, you know, Gannon said to his sideline, you almost could see what he was saying. Guys, we're going to kick an onside kick even if we don't get it and they get the ball on our side of the 50, they're going to go for a field goal. We're going to score a touchdown and win this game. It almost looked like that team was so confident, and that's where really the wheels fell off. And I'm just really concerned about what are we going to do in game one, game two, game three? Is this roster going to be able to rally around what happened last year? So I think the Cardinals game is an an interesting one to bring up because I think there's actually, in in a weird way, like, the reason to be optimistic for next year because the Cardinals game, the offense was really good, right? I think they scored on six or seven possessions or something like that. The issue was they couldn't get the ball because the defense was so bad. I agree from a coaching perspective, and the Eagles obviously agree, the defense was terrible last year, especially after they made the change of coordinator. If they can get the defense back to just serviceable and the offense plays like they did against Arizona, like they'll be a, they'll be a, I, I a one or ate, two seed. I even ate crow in my section when – we had the ball with a minute and a half left. I said, well, let's go see our two-minute drill once again. And you know what? They had a great two-minute drill to end that first half. And my whole section was saying, now what do you got to say? I mean, it was like everything was like maybe they're riding the ship now. And then they, I never saw a team have a second-half meltdown like they did. It just, it's just incredible. But my only concern is, you know, we can't forget – Dallas has a very talented roster. Green Bay is young and hungry. San Fran and Detroit may not go away. I want to see this offense do one thing and one thing only. Please use the middle of the field and stay away from the sidelines with Devontae and A.J. if A.J.'s head is into it next year. Well, especially, at least more, Rick. I don't mind them going towards the sidelines. Rick, we appreciate it. But, yeah, more. I mean, some of the numbers out there about – and. I know we're going back to stats again. Not everyone likes stats. Right. They didn't use the middle of the field very often at all. It's, you know, you could go find how often, but it's but a it, small percentage. So the issue I have with that, though, is, and I guess we'll go to stats again. If you Uh-oh. look at the middle of the field, he threw there almost exactly the same amount of times or close to it as he did in 2022. Just wasn't it, as successful? It, it, I think it was mostly just as successful. The main issue they had on offense was the turnovers. Like, they moved the ball on offense last year, and they still finished seventh in points per game. The problem was when the, that they had a lot of drives end with turning the ball over, and that, that's a big deal when you talk about points and, you know, like winning games. So the turnovers are a major problem for sure. But the middle of the field thing, A, I don't think that's a coaching thing. I think Jalen doesn't really love to throw it over the middle of the field. But if you look at 2023 to 2022, it was very similar. Well, I think I agree with you on the Jalen thing. I think it's part of it because he's short and he can't see over the line. He's got to move. I think it's just there was easier. A, a play against Tampa to throw the outside. The long pass to Devonte. Do you remember the? Long, uh, it was probably the only good offensive yeah, play of the game. Yeah. If you look at it, he has a perfectly clean pl- uh, pocket. He's sitting there. Devontae's going down. He's open. He moves to the left so he's not uh, behind Landon Dickerson anymore, and then he throws it. So I do think just as much as we put this on coaching, I think the middle of the field is a Jalen thing as well. It used to be with Russell Wilson, too. I think there's something to their stature that they move, and they mm-hmm. and then just easier to see on the outside than it is you know, over the line of, over the line of scrimmage and the offensive line. But 215-592-9494. All 
All right, we'll get to everyone's phone calls. We have a final update, NBA trade deadline. It's at 3 o'clock. So we have um, the afternoon show coming up after us. They will react right up to the deadline. And today, it's not just Jack and Ike. We have Spike in as well. Spike Eskin joining Spike. the afternoon show uh, as they get ramped up for their new show. Do we have a name for that show yet? Is it Ike and Company? Did you guys hear that yesterday? Is that the, is that the name? Do we have an official I name? I like that name, Ike and Company. What do you guys think of Ike and Company as the name of the show? Mm. I heard it yesterday. Eh. Eh? What about uh, Ike, Spike, and a dash of Fritz? The, is yeah. that the... It's just it's a little wordy, a lot, isn't that's it? A, yeah, that's a little, little lot, lot, lot going on. Ike yeah. and Friends sounds really good. Ike and Friends, Ike yeah. and Company, yeah. I can, yeah. I like either of them. I think there's something to that. They're Ike coming and Spike. up. What about Jack? Damn, Jack. <laughs> Ike <laughs> no, and Spike just... sounds good too. It does. It's just like Ike, Spike, and Jack is good. Ike, Spike, and Jack in the Ike afternoons. I can spike, yeah. I can. I mean, I can uh, spike makes Ike the first most. Is what we are. Uh, I think that's pretty yeah. established. This, but yep. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety for your phone calls. Elliot will update us on what's going on six of the trade deadline and Eagles. It's been six years since the parade. Six years ago today, are they close to a rebuild or another parade? Plus, we got to check in our old buddy Doc Rivers off to a roaring start. One in four in Milwaukee. You got to hear this excuse soundbite from Doc next. So what's going on with him? That's up next, right in the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let's talk to my friends over at FanDuel. Of course, football fans, FanDuel is in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, has the perfect way for everyone to get in on Super Bowl 58 action with a no-sweat, same-game parlay. But when you bet Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. America's number one sportsbook has all your favorite bets like the money line and point spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. I'll be on touchdown scores. Give me both tight ends and each running back to score touchdowns. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same game parlay doesn't win. So start building your own or just bet a popular same game parlay pre-built for you in America's number one sportsbook. I really like the FanDuel app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. Yeah, just, you know, the Utah game, you, you kind of knew, you know, altitude, back-to-back. Um, I mean, the, the, whoever scheduled a Dallas-Utah 
have never been on an airplane in their life, you know, uh, or no time zones, you know. So that was just a tough one. We knew that. Um, I guarantee you when they looked at that before the year started, they were like, this this was going to be a brutal game for us. Uh, end of a trip, legs, you can just see it. We've got a lot of injuries right now, so guys are playing more extended minutes. I think that's probably – and you know what? They're playing harder on defense. This is a scheduled loss. Doc Rivers, our old buddy, now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that was a whole lot. That was a mouthful. That was 25 seconds of excuses. He's 1-4 as the Bucks coach, and he blamed the schedule makers for never flying anywhere. He blamed their back-to-backs. He, he also blamed that they're trying hard. You pick up on that? We're playing hard on defense, so that therefore we're going to lose more because we're more tired. What do you make all that? That was a lot. <laughs> like I think, I think Doc has been in this game long enough to know that excuses, those dogs don't hunt. And the less you say will be probably be- put yourself in a better situation because that was just a lot to stomach. That was a lot. That was a hard pill to swallow. You guys miss Doc around here? You miss Doc? I, I mean, as a talk show host, Elliot, I, I miss Doc a little bit because that's for the yeah. content. That's good content right there. You know, I think normally when you see a tweet of a of a quote, it doesn't give it justice or all those things. Like the tweet is actually better than hearing the audio. Like when he lists it all off, it really sounds. Uh, Major excuse making. Though. Oh my gosh, it's awful. And it's not just one game. Like, because every coach does that once in a while. Like, hey, we were really shorthanded tonight. We were at a back to back. It just it, it, that it just didn't sound right the way that he presented all of that. Well, because oh, we he flew made, and it was tired. Everybody's playing hard. Yeah, that's not. He it. made an excuse for a week plus of losses. You can't excuse five games. <laughs> See, but, like, but that, that you heard right there is exactly why the Sixers shouldn't punt on the season. Like if you look at the Eastern Conference, because it's the they're Celtics above them for sure. But the Bucks are in a free fall, and I, we all know Doc's playoff track record. The Knicks, OG Ananobi is dealing with some type of injury, and who knows if the Cavs are legit. Like as we sit here with you know an hour and a half to go, the East is wide open, or at the very least, it's not like a power conference. Like if they go out and make a major deal between now and the deadline, and Embiid comes back, like. It's a very winnable uh, thing to get to the finals. So I agree with your premise that it's not a power conference. However, the Celtics are really good. Yeah, but the Sixers almost beat the Celtics last year. And the Sixers are worse now. As of right now. Let's yeah. see at 3 o'clock. Joel Embiid is coming back, and we're yes. going to get somebody. Yeah, you guys. You and, are, and are they worse? I mean, they have a better head coach, right? If Embiid's healthy, I think Embiid's been better this year than he was last year. Maxie's better than he was last year. They don't have Harden, for sure, but Harden was... You know, a zero in a few of those games. But he also was a hero in two of those games. True. Are the Celtics better than last year? I think they're about the same. They're really good. Eh, I don't know. I mean, they I lost the edge Marcus Smart. Coaching. Yeah, the, the edge goes to coaching. And coaching might have lost him the series last year. The Celtics went to two big men. Doc had no kind of counterpunch there. And again, if Melton makes a three, they're probably in the conference fine. They might have a ring right now. Yeah. We want to be honest. but Well, I don't think they're winning the title last year. If, if if they beat the Celtics, you don't think they beat the Heat? Uh, no, no, I don't. I mean, I thought then they would, but after watching it play out, I don't think they would have. And I understand why you guys want to go for it. I just, I think in a week and a half, they're going to be in the seventh spot in the playoffs. It's tough for me to... I agree. If they don't make a trade, you're right. But if they go out and make, and, and they add like significant players in the next hour and a half, they, they don't have to be. They don't have to be, but that could come at the expense of the future. 215-592-9494. We'll do a final check with Elliot on the news desk. What's going on? NBA trade deadline at 3 o'clock today. We know Buddy Heald is here. Daniel House is out. And it sounds like Kyle Lowry could be in as a buyout candidate. All right, let's go back to the phones here. Wow, so we, we actually, sorry, might have some, some breaking news here. Got? Now, this is according to Pat Beverly's podcast. He just tweeted out. Why? Well, I, I buy that. Pat Beverly to the Milwaukee Bucks. So, again, not, not reported by any NBA insider yet. 
Oh, we got rid of Pat Bev? Pat Bev to the Milwaukee Bucks, according to the Pat Bev pod, which and you would you know expect has a pretty good source on that. Feel like he would know if he was traded. Um, okay, what do we make of that? That I think it's terrible. Okay, so but here's yeah, I kind of like Pat. Bev. I do. Li- I like Pat Bev a lot. I- I've always liked him. Do how, are we running into a s- spot where they have too many guards? So they have Maxi, right? Melton's coming back at some point soon. They just, Maybe this means Lowry's coming. That's in. what I mean. They traded yeah. for Buddy Heald, and then yeah. in, and then we think that Kyle Lowry's coming in. I did have this thought like an hour ago, like how many guards are they really going to put on the roster? But I didn't think they'd move off Pat Bev. No, Pat Bev has been one of the key players for the team this year, both from a on the court, you know, what he's done as the veteran point guard, but also off the court. Like I think this is a major blow to the Sixers locker room. Well, was it the game in Denver um, that Joel didn't play in the? Yeah, cause? he was awesome in that game. And he was wasn't the, you see the clip where he was basically like coaching up? Was it Paul Reed? It might have been a different game, but there was a, a moment recently. Yeah, it was, it was the the, the Denver, Denver game. game. Yeah, yeah, where he was basically coaching Reed how to go around the screen. I mean. he... I, I always I looked at Bev on this team. He was like a half of a player, but also, also a coach. Yeah, half yeah. a coach. And I liked him. I, I liked his hustle. I liked his defense. He for the seemed most to part. like yeah. it here in Philadelphia yeah, too. Yeah, he did. He, he kind of endeared yeah. himself to the city. Was Again, may, maybe it's you know the they're trolling or something. But well, well, he's the, saying. He's so saying, the other part is he's going where to the Milwaukee Bucks. So they're gonna have to face him. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a real chance if they move through the first round that they'll see the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I'm shaking in fear of having to see Pat Beverly. Face the Sixers. Pat Bev w- guarding Tyrese Maxey, he probably does a good job on him. He's a good defender. I'm sorry, I'm not like I'm not looking at facing the Bucks and saying, "Uh oh, they had Pat Bev." Like no. they also have Giannis and Dame. Like I, I, get I think it. that's he's you know, not a needle mover, but he's he's a solid role solid player. player. Look, very, very I, I, the Sixers right, need the dog today? more than the Bucks do. Better player today, Kyle Lowry or Pat Bev? Oh, it's not even close. Pat, Pat Beverly is, is way better than Kyle Lowry. It's Pat Bev, but I think what Pat Beverly really adds to this team is like the mentality. So, like, I think that's more of a loss for the Sixers than it is a gain for the Bucs. I'm not worried about him being with the Bucs now. So, this is such a shocking move that you wonder if something is coming. Like, they have they have three open roster spaces now, depending on what they're, they're getting back from Milwaukee. Like, with an hour and a half to go, trading Pat Beverly, you must be really sure, A, that you're getting Kyle Lowry and he's not cooked, or something is happening between now and, and 3 o'clock. Yeah, you got some other moves that... You want to make? Yeah, I, I agree with that. It certainly could be more what's happening. All right, two one five five nine two nine four nine for your reaction. To everything six or so far. So, buddy healed in. They moved off of Morris. They moved off of Corkmaz. Some second round picks out. Daniel House is out along with a second round pick. Sounds like Pat Bev is out and maybe Kyle Lowry in. So so far we're about three and a half hours into the show. What's the net gain so far? The net gain is Buddy Healed and maybe Kyle maybe, Lowry. Yeah, that's it. You guys feel good about what Daryl Morris doing here? Well, we no, got this we is going got awful. Three out, three open spots though, right? So yeah, no, not re- not right now. Clock's ticking though. Yeah, they're gonna pull off something. You gotta pull off something. You got enough people now, so you gotta do something. You guys trust Maury? I'm yes. not, I'm not a trust error. If Maury, they don't make it. a move between now and three o'clock, the season's over. He's a fraud. Pat Buddy Hield is a good addition, and it'll help, but it's not enough. Especially you lose, uh, you lost Furkan, you've mm-hmm. lost Pat Bev. Uh, Marcus Morris, you know, while not a great player, was playing somewhat meaningful minutes for this team, like. They, the team is worse right now than they were, at, you know, at the beginning of the day. Like I like Buddy Heal, but until Kyle Lowry's here, they've lost a lot of dog today, guys. I mean, they Woj lost Pat Bev. Woj just confirmed Pat Bev. Pat Did it say for what? Did not say for what. Hmm, they're opening up roster spots. All right, we got uh, all the eyes and ears on this. We'll bring it to you as something happens. Let's talk to Lou, who is in Delco. Lou's on WIP. What's up, Lou? Lou? Hey, how you guys doing today? Hey, Lou. Hello. Hey, I'm a long-time listener, 35 years, and uh, first-time caller. So, well, know, Lou, we appreciate 30. it, man. What, what are you feeling today? <laughs> man, I'm exhausted. 
are just exhausted. Remember, I'm the Joker. So uh, the Sixers, right? The Sixers. I don't watch too much uh, basketball. I uh, was not really good at basketball, therefore it doesn't interest me. However, it interests my father, and my father just seems to think that the uh, Sixers are, are kind of stuck. You know, they're just uh, no matter really what they do, they're dependent on Embiid, and uh, you know they go as Embiid goes, much the way that the Eagles go, I guess. Is uh, the defense and Jalen Hurts goes so. Well, Lou, I agree with your dad. I, I think the Sixers are stuck in a way because they are dependent on Embiid and he's never available or at least not available enough and at his best in the big moments. And that 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 makes it a difficult thing. Lou, just we got some breaking news here. Hold on, Lou. So we have the details of the Patrick Beverly okay. trade. So it got? is not a joke. He's being traded to Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is acquiring Patrick Beverly from the Sixers in exchange for campaign and a second round pick. I always kind of liked campaign. So campaign this year is playing 15 minutes, six points. Uh, he's shooting 39% from three mm-hmm. on about three pointers. Uh, sorry, about three three pointers a game. So maybe it breaks even. But again, like Patrick Beverly was a major part of this locker room, major part of the team. I, I don't like to trade. Is my initial reaction. Does campaign have uh, more time on his contract, or is he another expiring? That, that, uh, we'll I wonder if you. I that. wonder if they think he's part of next year's team, uh, and they're thinking. Big I would picture. guess not. Yeah, so far it just feels like... Uh, campaign is a free agent at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, so Maurice yeah, should have so just reshuffled just, the yeah. deck here. But Dumping I don't think bread. reshuffling Pat Bev, again, if we want to talk about whether off-the-court stuff or locker room culture and all those things, mm. Campaign might be a great guy. You know, he might bring some of the similar things, but Patrick Beverly was like the heart of that team in some ways. I agree with you. Did they get... You said they got back a pick? They got back a second-round pick. So a 2027 second-round pick. So they're replenishing what they moved off of two two hours ago, right? Because they moved they moved four first, second round picks today. Now they got one back. Yeah, it just feels like Daryl Morey's just reshuffling things and crossing his fingers here. I mean, I, I hoping for the best. Yeah, n- for nothing new- of significance has happened today. He, I also I can't sit here and say I'm mad at him because he hasn't traded away anything that really matters for the future anyway. It just feels like he's just spinning his wheels. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Heald is probably the best player that's been traded or acquired today involving the Sixers. But he's not a huge difference maker. He can create positives for him. He shoots more threes, all those things. But the Sixers didn't go from a team that was sinking, which is what they are, to a team that can now feel they can tread water. Now, let's go back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 